Welcome to the RVA Returners Podcast, your weekly source for all things Final Fantasy TCG. Brought to you by Ultimate Guard. I mean, we can, uh, I don't even know what you're shuffling around over there here. Oh, yeah. you, you, John, you know me. You, I, you know I'm always shuffling. Like, I don't sit at my dining room table without a deck of cards, like, in arm's reach. Yeah. Like, I just don't. Like, I, I have to shuffle something. <laughs> but, tank John, his tank of uh, He is. <laughs> 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 He's like that 19 year old cat. <laughs> it's like. It's, it's... Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, he's got, did he get that hairball up? <laughs> oh, dude, he just starts hacking like a fucking old man. <laughs> what I was going to say, John, you know what's always in arm's reach? What's that? A new episode of the RVA Returners podcast. Episode 100. Can we have, like, some sound effects? Like the, uh, I don't know, like the... The plinko machine, like the the uh, the fucking the slot machine, just the noises going off. I'll find I'll find uh, bells and whistles of some sort. Dude, dude. I want actual bells and actual whistles, <laughs> and maybe a dog whistle. You know, I, I don't know. That's something they can't pack up. But John, you know, it is it's finally here. Episode one. Three I knew I. Dude, absolutely. The the triple digit, the uh the centennial, as it's been called, pretty much all week. Obviously, we're recording this coming down the home stretch of the centennial week. There was a lot of pieces. That I I guess technically, John, we uh recorded it like throughout the week, really, and kind of, and you're going to be mm-hmm. working it all together. I actually can't wait to hear the finished product. Yeah, it's uh, I came down there actually. People might not know, um. <laughs> Because we're all <laughs> and Tank Tank is uh, also on the cast this week. Uh, he 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 wanted to make 100. He couldn't. He wasn't going to sit it out. He goes, you know how many of these things have been recorded in my presence, and and I didn't get to hack on nary a single cast. So there he is He's doing not, his thing. He has not been seen on a Final Fantasy TCG stream since the uh, super the Chocobros super cast. Uh, no for that goodness. year one nationals, yeah, Tank was actually on that. He was on that video cast, so he was there. He has been the uh, the community has seen, and now they've heard. <laughs> they've lived with Tank essentially. Walk a mile in Tank's shoes. Oh man, that's a that's a big ask. But you know what, John? Again, like we said, welcome to episode one hundred. I'm your host, Chris Adams, and always, always on the case has been. For I mean, what John? Over half of these things now? Not over half of them, but you know, damn near. Uh, and, like and damn near half. <laughs> yeah, you have been on like the that. case for a long time, John Schreider. Everybody, say hi, everybody. Hello, everybody. Always a pleasure. Absolutely, you know, John. The pleasure is all mine. It has been, has always been all mine. Oh. I couldn't do this. I can't I have some. Even... Can I? Have, can oh. I have like a just maybe a smidgen of the pleasure? I, I'll give you. I'll give you a smidge. All right. <laughs> Like half a cup. <laughs> I think he's dying this time. I think, I think, uh... <laughs> Tank needs something, dude. He needs, he needs the Heimlich. He needs the Heimlich, a fucking jug of water. Something. Something, something. No, he had a big day yesterday. We were out, uh, you know, we were out looking around at places, and uh, he got to play with some other dogs, and he's, he's tuckered. He is tuckered out. He's just still trying to catch his breath from yesterday. Oh, my goodness, dude. He's... He's having a tough time. 
He's having, Poor uh, little yes. guy. He's got the yes, wrong like dude. You hear his respiratory <laughs> issues he's having? Right, we get him vaccinated fast. But the funny thing is, he hadn't been doing this until we started recording. Of course, of course. Of course, of course. But no, but no, John, like we said, man, a hundred of these things. And the, the, the pleasure when I, when I, I should seriously say that it's been all mine. You know, I've clearly had, you know, multiple guest hosts. Um, you know, and I guess I was just co-hosts and multiple guests on the show. The fact that, you know, hundred we're a hundred deep and people still love what we do, it's it's nice, especially considering how the last year has been kind of, you know, wild for everybody. So I mean, I can't thank you enough. I mean, you you clearly made a name for yourself. Like you you carved, you carved this 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 wonderful ice sculpture that has become the the backbone of what online gameplay of this for this community is so you know like i mean you've been the driving force here for the last you know shit for the last year so i mean again, again the pleasure is indeed all mine is where well, i thank was you man with all of that. i mean no i'll tell you it's um i was always a fan first i've told you guys this a hundred times i, I love the work mm-hmm. you guys did i thought that um that there was a really important place for for it in the community, and I was happy to help any way I could, man. And then the the you know the call came, uh, the 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 letter came across my desk, my smash invitation stamped in That's the mail. Right. Tank invited me in, and uh, right. I I hacked, coughed, and sneezed my way right into the podcast. And it was you uh, did in fact. I mean, I'll tell you, I, I, it was never supposed to be a replacement thing, man. I was really looking forward to uh, to like me, Adam, and you having like a like a three way. Mm-hmm. kind of thing going on the menage a trois of, as I it were indeed. The menage and, uh, yeah and it just was uh you know it wasn't meant to be i guess um and, and thankfully you know we kind of had that padding um when adam decided to take a break and step away that mm-hmm. you know we were able to keep this going for the people because like i said i, I do believe that it had that important place right that people needed they needed the fix chris they needed a place to find where else would they get the news you know it's uh it's just become that fixture, I think, for a lot of people. Same as Wednesday night is uh, people jokingly call it church. <laughs> I think the, you know, yeah, some no, people, absolutely. It is, it is a fixture of their routine, and, and for me, obviously, of course, it is now at this point. Um, absolutely, but it's just bringing us together, man. To bring the community together, just by the people for the people, has always been the RVA Returners' way, you know. Absolutely, and, and we'll dig into the the evolution of the Wednesday night church. As again, so lovingly called as we kind of talk about, you know, the, the detective years of the uh, RVA Returners podcast. Like we do, we're not, we're, you know, this, this whole cast is basically just reminiscing and rambling and talking to each other and talking to some special guests just about what, what the, the podcast has meant and like where we came from, what we did, why we did it, just share some of our favorite memories that we've had with this community. Um, but John, you know, there's a reason we kind of waited till at the end of the centennial week to 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 get this part in, to get the beginning of this cast in. It's well, like a memento so. situation. It's like we started from the back and like worked our way forward. Well, I think but, that's uh, because people have come to rely on us being a very very important source for something that we had to, you know, we had to be out on the street do some detective work. But now I think we've uh, we've prepared our documents. And I think we're ready to deliver the dossier that is. And I want to hear everybody say it. Oh, my God. The news? I believe it's the news. The news. We're going to go to the news. We're on the case for the news. Oh, man. Could it be the news? Let's go right to the news. 
I think it's the news. It's time for news. Could it possibly be? It's the news. The news. Matt, let me. Are you, are you thinking of like something like the news? God damn it, Chris! I think it's the news. And you're right. That's right. It's the news. My God, I've waited all my life for this, Chris, John. It's the news. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the news. News, news, news. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck, it's the news. The news. That's why they call it the, the news. The news. There it is. The news. Oh, well, mystery solved. It's the news. The news. The news. It's the news. Boy, do we know what that is? The news. The, the news. news. Luminous poo. The news. I think it has something to do with the news. These pitiful mortals will soon know the news. The news. The news. The news. I get ahead of ourselves. Let's not put the cart before the horse. We're going to start off with what we always start off with. You know what that is, Ed? Take a wild guess. You get three guesses and the first two don't count. Uh, the news? Oh, it's the news. From all of us here at the RVA Returners, thanks for letting us bring you the news for 100 episodes. Here's to 100 more. Oh, man, that was beautiful. Beautiful hearing all those people say that, John. But first up, you know, we're going to do it how we always do it, how we will always do it moving forward. John, keep those documents in hand. Don't go anywhere. You're taking the podium because it is now time for the Octagon State of the Union. All right, Chris, uh, let's see here. We've got, uh, man, all kinds, all kinds of things to report in the mm-hmm. Octagon State of the Union. Boy, we do. I mean, everybody knows, man, it's number 100. We did the thing. We've had 100. Couple things. <laughs> we've had 100 weekly online events, um, and so our 100th weekly online event was, as it always is, Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Um, we had a bunch of people come out for that one. It was, uh, you know, basically a big testing tournament for our huge weekend yeah. event that we had on Saturday. But so, you know, people were out trying uh, all their, you know, strongest decks and, and ideas that they wanted to test out for the weekend. We had Nick Schnell take that one with the Mono Fire deck that is, you know, very unique. Absolutely. I think I, we can say unique to him, I believe, uh, as far as at least our online events. Uh, Mono Fire has pretty much looked like Samurai's for the last set, so... It was really cool to see him bring that, and, and you know, Fire's always been his thing, so uh, that's it's a little bit of a pet deck for him, too. So, Absolutely. awesome to see him win that. We gave out a full run of promos from, like, the last seven months or so, which is cool because that's something a lot of people, and I know Nick, actually, specifically, have uh, had a hard time getting at Locals. So, um, he's going to get himself all those promos. That was donated by um, one of our fans. You know, they want to... Anonymously donated, but is a, a local to me, and so I really, really appreciate that kind of support, Chris. It's just the support really comes Absolutely. from everywhere um, for this kind of stuff. So then for the weekend, we held the Centennial Celebration event. Chris, we wanted to do something big, and I don't like doing something big on a Wednesday night. So, <laughs> no, <I don't> know. <laughs> so we did it uh, on Saturday. We had uh, 64 or 62, I think, when all of a sudden done players. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you, that's a couple like that last perfect... minute drops that perfect number for a nice clean cut for you know six rounds of swiss doesn't have to be a crazy day all said and done we had six rounds of swiss 
and we had all the top cuts and everything done by uh, it was nine and a half hours so we started at 11 um and you know by the time it was like 8 8 30 and i was uh I was yeah. done for the day i was able to actually go eat like dinner at a normal time and i actually did something i, I like went out saturday night and still had yeah. like, a full night so that was really nice and we can definitely say from a uh, before we you know we'll kind of talk about top eight and how like the tournament was to uh, to watch. But honestly, as a um, as as an event to commentate, I think it was an absolute blast. You know, you and I kind of did the marathon thing. We had Adam Lane join us for the uh, the finals. Or did he join us for all? No, he joined us for all top, top cut. cut. Yeah, yeah, he sure did. Yeah, and I love that. Which was that absolutely people, fantastic. Um, like they just want to pop in like sure please like again like this has been yeah. just a celebration. You know, we've got you're going to hear a little bit of so many different. Um, you know, I wasn't gonna say angles or like what was it so many different just I don't know factions of the RVA returners like just the yeah, our little absolutely. our little like groups. You know, we had the uh, the Fredericksburg Turks. They've recorded a thing that you're gonna hear on the cast here. We've got mm-hmm. all the oldies but goodies coming back. Uh, you know, Adam stepping in for commentary on the cast it was just uh or in there during the tournament. It was just yeah, really just... a great time. Absolutely. And that's, uh, I think, John, let's go ahead and kind of talk about the event, um, too. Like, so it seemed like, you know, when we talked about the the Wednesday night event, like the deck I feel like we saw all event long was Fire Lightning. Lots of Fire fire Lightning. lightning. Fire Lightning. Damn near none of it in the actual event. We did have one in top eight. And of course, it was Emmanuel Onate, Manny Fresh. Um, but his. We, we saw kind of what happened because um, you know the top eight was actually super super diverse. Um, mm-hmm. But you know I don't I don't want to jump the sh- I don't want to jump the shark jump the gun there because we'll talk about his deck here in a second. But I think the big story of the event were the three color soapy decks. Like um, these were the ones that you just it's it's the stuff that you see with it's earth fire and ice. I'm sorry, earth water and ice pardon me it's just i'm so i'm so used after these last few sets and saying earth fire like mm-hmm. i gotta get earth, earth water wind back fire, to earth wind fire yeah exactly but yeah no earth water and ice mm-hmm. um and the ice is just a really small splash for the new delita and the new uh white tiger with c nimbus mm-hmm. but uh this was the deck that seemed to be out in full force um and i mean a which was really cool to see a couple of these in top eight, but plus a really cool variant of it uh, uh, won the events. John, let's talk about that. Why do we think we saw so many of these three color Sophie decks here just in the field in general? Um, so I think that the Sophie deck is a, it's very fun to play. Uh, B, why Can't it's confirm. good. Why it's good is obvious. So <clears> those <throat> decks are always uh, popular because it means it's easy for people to pick up, right? People mm-hmm. see the list. They go, Oh, I get why this is good. And they play the deck. Um, yeah, so it, again, it, I think it scratches a lot of the itches that the Storm players uh, were scratching last set, and they don't really have access to that deck the same way that it looked before. So mm-hmm. you'll see just kind of, I expect in an Opus 12 meta, I would have seen a lot of that deck, so that's kind of mm-hmm. like a holdover as well. Very strong, very, very versatile toolbox-type feeling deck. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the difference that we're highlighting here between Wednesday and Saturday is that, yes, Fire Lightning is a popular deck, and it's a good deck, mm-hmm. But I think that people were maybe uh, pocketing some of their Sophie builds and stuff like that. I think, you know, maybe they don't want to run mm-hmm. out. Because Sophie is one of those lists where uh, we call them the 20 slaughters or something like that on here, Chris. Yep. Right? Where you just have, like, uh, it, like Scions used to be. Where, like, the package itself is just so obvious. And then there's, mm-hmm. like, 20 or so tech slots. And those tech slots can completely change the flavor of the Sophie deck that you're playing. Which we'll see when we look at the difference between the ones in the finals here. Uh, or in top Absolutely. Cut, and I can honestly say this, John. I think yeah. the real 
to me, I thought the real MVPs of the deck, obviously, again, you said, and we knew right off the bat, the Sophie package, very, very good. Mm-hmm. But I think it was like really the MVPs to me were the, the, the Sarahs, the princesses and Agrius, like four drop Sarah getting the one drop princess Sarah, and then kind of sandwiching the two CP Agrius into there, like turn one, Sarah, grab princess Sarah, turn two, tap, Tap Sarah, play Princess Sarah, most likely naming Ice or, you know, depending on what you need, probably naming Ice, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just play the two-drop Agrius, or sorry, the two-drop Lavelia, which sets up the, just the 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 tempo Agrius play, like a proper tempo Agrius um, on the next turn. So, like, to me, that's where, like, I thought that was, I think that's the best part of the deck, as weird as that sounds. It's such a clean open and just sets everything else up for the rest of the for the rest of the the deck to function yeah and again i think that that is a perfect example of like how the packages can be so different in some of these sophie decks right because Mm -hmm. two of the decks in top cut the one that was played by uh ryan chen obviously uh we know him Mm -hmm. from being you know a pretty big killer in the weekly and a monster uh, day that day too yeah lewis bb both of them getting a top eight with Sophie decks that had the, they went the Agrius Ovelia uh, angle. And we see that in a mm-hmm. lot of the decks that are kind of like less icy. Although I guess uh, Ryan's actually still had the Delta and the white tiger, but you mm-hmm. know, it gets tricky to kind of fit it all uh, into the deck, mm-hmm. but we did see uh, Sasha who won the event actually forego the Agrius Ovelia angle entirely. Mm-hmm. And he just, <laughs> he decided to stick something else in there. Yeah. Something a little, a little hot and a little red and hot. Yeah, he he just went ahead and windmill slammed. Uh, you know we call Sophie one of those obvious packages, right? Well, there was a nine card package from last set, Chris. That uh, yeah. that we joked about. Just put these nine cards in any deck, right? And mm-hmm. the deck is uh, competitive. And there were March yep. Brits and BFA. And boy howdy, if uh, Sasha didn't literally just put those nine cards into a Sophie list plus two Philia. Yep, and he's at this point because he's still using the Sarah Princess Sarah package, which I mean is incredibly smart right like it's it's probably the best like turn one turn unless you're staring down like uh like an early fin rear or something like that which we've also you know we've seen firsthand that sometimes like an early fin rear can just stop mm-hmm. that and sometimes the opponent may be willing to pay that fin rear to stop you from smoothing out but he he's using his princess sarah to name fire so he can play those cards without even worrying about it yeah i think that's the cool thing about that backup package like you said it's yes. it's not only a hyper efficient because you're playing like you're tutoring out the light card right so you're definitely going to get to play it and then that's a mm-hmm. one cp backup right so yeah. that's just like already hyper efficient and then you get to name your off color and you don't yep. have to pay that color to play it obviously that is the draw so then mm-hmm. yeah you get to splash like fire no problem or ice in the other deck with no issue um yeah. and i think that in general that's kind of another thing that really draws people to these decks is um they're you know for how much they have going on and for how you know three mm-hmm. color plus they really they feel they are uh they're hyper consistent you know you really don't see that stuff get in the way too much uh, especially when absolutely. you get to the other sophie list where there's just so many dual element cards absolutely and uh before we move on to some of the other decks that were were represented in this event um i'm gonna continue to to hold my ground on this hill that even right now, unless you're playing a, a, a just a deck that is super, super tactics heavy, there is no reason to play the three drop Ovelia over the two drop. 
Well, yeah, I've I mean, gotta, I, I, I don't even know that we have enough tactics cards that I think you could play a heavy enough tactics deck that it matters. Yeah, I, yeah. We talk about how we agree on this one. Somebody actually reached out to the cast and asked that if we like still felt this way. I've yet to be. Yes. I, uh, watching this event didn't make me feel any different. I'll tell you that. That's in fact, it made me. It made me dig in further, John. You and I are on this hill. We are back to back, guns blazing, fighting off the the people. And it's like, and here's the thing, man. If if we didn't witness it firsthand. Like people saw the cell, they saw the same games I did. Mm. Like you look at that those efficient early turns, you're not having that same early game with the three drop Agrius. Oh, sorry, three drop Lavelia. Yeah. yeah, and like you know, you know, and that's, you know, let's zero in on that Agrius for a second. You know what I like? I like a 10k that comes in, draws a card, and kills something. Way better than a 9k that comes in, draws a card, and you're probably paying worse. It, you're probably paying like worse CP for it because you're probably only on one or two backups instead of three. Here's like I like about... being able to tap three, put a Sarah in the break, and do that. Draw another. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. My thing about the nine and ten K is like, yeah, it, it might not seem like a really big difference, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but when you think about power level, ten K basically checks literally everything, right? Anything mm -hmm. that's not being specifically like kind of extra buffed, right? So it's mm -hmm. like. Uh, it naturally checks the the big boss monster like the BFA Bunavell stuff, but it also mm -hmm. checks um, like White Tigers, Celestia Nimbus, uh, mm -hmm. Celestia. The fact that Sophie decks we're talking about how popular they are, and the whole goal is to always get Sophie to ten thousand power. Like mm -hmm. it, ten is just a, kind of one of the new magic numbers, and uh, yeah. I think it's really difficult for damage based removal to hit ten without it being Philia as well. So it makes Agrius just like really, really difficult to kill without you having to do any of the inefficient stuff mm -hmm. like the Minwoo stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just think that, uh, that it does matter that much, that 9 and 10. And also, again, like you said, you just play it as early as possible. You don't have to worry about um, like getting the value back later. I've been talking to people about that Ovelia card and saying it's like the mail-in rebate, right? Where it's like... It is. Uh, like they try to convince you that the thing's cheaper because you can do this work and you can send this thing in and then they'll send you some money later. And it's like mm -hmm. most people, they're like, they get it and they hype themselves up on the rebate and then they don't actually do the rebate. Yep. Right? So they just actually just paid more for the thing. Uh, that's mm -hmm. not how that card feels to me. I don't know. I'm waiting for my mind to be changed. to just uh, not yet. You know what? And here's the thing. I don't like it right now. We are, you know, the minute we get a couple more tactics characters, like there's, oh, yeah. there's nothing showing me that like, cause not only a, do I have to pay, play three copies of that card to really get the value I want out of it. And like it, you, you, people are telling us the lines. And again, I don't want to beat this dead horse. Cause I just, I'm just, I feel so strongly about this. Like, you yeah, know, normally yeah. I can see the other side of the coin. I just don't see it on this side. Cause like, People are like, oh, you do this, and then you fan for it. I'm like, do you know how much CP you've already spent at this point just to draw a card? You are literally going around your elbow to get to your wrist. You are buying the 747 to get the free peanuts. You're putting a hat on a hat. You're, there's so many more cost-efficient ways in this deck, in this style of deck to draw cards. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, and like Aegis is uh, is all well and good. I just it's but you don't uh, get to use that backup to pay for things. You have to hold it up so uh, you can yeah, mess with it's it. It's not dependable, right? That's the really yeah. the, the key there. And I don't know. It's um yeah. I, like and I then said, what happens when it dies and they go to Aegis <laughs> and you just miss dragging their break zone? You feel like a dipshit, <laughs> a Look, total dipshit. Uh, you said it right that uh, it doesn't mean I'll never like it. I just don't think it's uh, I don't yeah, think it's not it. right yeah. now. I don't think not it's right it now. Yet. 
but you know that, that you know the battle's over on that hill, and I, <laughs> I stand firm to that. We had some other really cool decks uh, on the field. Um, I loved what uh, you know the the Empire, uh, you know Team Canada and Sam Tool had uh, had brought to the table this really cool Wind Ice Ochu dude Ochu, right it, right under like the, the the you know Charlie's Angels. I'm putting I am putting Ochu. O, we watched Ochu do some real fucking like put on the hard hat, grab the lunch pail. She's sitting up on the girders, eating her sandwich, riveting away. Yeah, Chris, we talked about this card and I said, I like this card, man. I said that there's no world yep. where there's a one CP seven K that activates two backups and it's not a good forward, right? It's yeah. just like you get hung up on the fact that it's this monster. The damage three mm -hmm. thing is locked behind. Well, and it turns out, uh, you don't even really care about the damage three thing because the Ochus is going to help you abuse these other effects really yep. really helps enable ash and lock and barrel so and hope are both in this deck and then mm -hmm. uh you know later you get this almost like return on investment on the ochu and you barely had any investment and it's yep. like oh wait now he's also a forward cool he'll like block a damage for me or even better deal a damage for me even um, better yeah i just think that uh, these guys really put on a little bit of an ice wind clinic i think that ice wind was really strong but people had been looking <clears throat> so hard at the like the earth angle with the splash yeah. of ice last set that they uh they hadn't really given the the ice wind cards their due even though they had three dual element ice wind cards last set we look at this deck we see there's riku barrel i hope and lock you know and they're mm -hmm. just really taking advantage of the pushed ice wind synergies yeah. i think these guys again like you said the empire you know all three of them very strong players oh, uh sam showing yeah. quality talked players. about how you don't want this guy to be the guy who sneaks in the cut um you know, yeah. Sam gets in at eighth seed and ends up with a really, really nice performance, top fouring this event. And I think that yeah. now you're going to see a lot more people uh, just look to these lists and get inspired to start playing the Ice Wind stuff. Yeah. Especially when his top four opponent was Ryan Chin, who, like we said, had a massive day of cards, went so convincingly undefeated in Swiss that I was like, I was like, man, it's going to be hard to like, like this guy's on, this guy's on fucking fire today. Yeah. And like you're like I, I don't think this I think this guy just just mops up just takes the whole damn thing because like it, he was just playing so clean and like I felt like every game was like the the opening the the Sarah Princess Sarah Ag uh, Ovelia and Agrius it's like it's like it's like man like it, a, a model of consistency you you can't spell consistency without Ryan Chen mm -hmm. but like. But like, dude. And, but again, like I said, the minute you said Sam Tool was in uh, top eight, I was like, dude, the one person you don't want to see in top eight because he will. Like Sam Tool almost immediately became my favorite to win the event when he mm -hmm. snuck into top eight, like mm -hmm. straight up. Because I've watched like that guy plays. That guy plays a, on a different level when he's in top cut. Like he's a monster in Swiss. Like he's hard. He's a hard guy to beat in any card game. But like, if you get like you get like. Sam Tool evolved when when top cuts when top yeah, cut hits next right form dude it's like you know that's right it's, it's like Super Saiyan one yeah that's right <laughs> super Super Saiyan Sam Tool I love it hair yeah. turns a little bit gold yeah absolutely so like that was really fun to see John but also there was some serious red representation we had the uh let, let's give a, you know a kind of a special shout out here to our boy Wayne uh, Wayne oh hi Wayne I love I seeing it. that he signed up. I thought it was funny Dude. that over the week or two leading up to the event, you had heard these like urban legends. Like Nick even came out and he was like, "Don't let this guy tell you he's not good at cards." He Dude, told me Wayne he wasn't good at cards, and will, he clapped me. 
fucking destroy you in this game. He is so good. Yeah. So Wayne uh, just absolutely wrecking people in Swiss. I think he finished one of the higher seeds. Um, and, and playing just, again, it's not even, I don't even want to say it's like Nick's deck, because yeah, they're both mono fire, but you can tell mm -hmm. both of these guys, this is just a pet deck. He's in the forge. Dude, he mm -hmm. is, he was working on this. He was testing this. It's the exact mm -hmm. deck that he's been testing on Octagon versus people for the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. I'm ready for the event. Um, and it's it, like, it's literally, Magissa, I think, is like the bottom of the curve, right? Like, yeah. this deck is, uh, it's a Magissa deck that has... I don't even want to call it a Magista deck. Magista's in here, and the only Magista targets are Alphano and Alize. Mm -hmm. This is a late-game control fire deck. It's all about the new rain, Ilya mm -hmm. and Ronjit, and just, just milking these high-power, damaging fire forwards, and he was doing very well with it. It was really cool to see. Absolutely. And it's a quick, you know, while we're talking about Wayne, I've only played against him once and he's the guy who actually ended my sealed career in this game. Cause uh, we're talking about, we, uh, you know, we've, I've, we've talked about the Gen Con that had the sealed um, before I played one game before I just dropped <laughs> and my round one was against Wayne. I did. It, it wasn't even a game. I, I might as well have just, I might as well have just put like a cigar store Indian in that seat and let him hold my cards because Wayne just took me to the cleaners, and I was like, "Yep, I'm done. I'm going home." So, I'm glad, uh, my hero looked pretty interesting. Yeah, that's right. I'm gonna go play my hero today. I'll be back tomorrow for the uh, for the uh, the constructed portion. But yeah, dude, the um, yeah, man, sealed. Uh, just just playing against Wayne in general, dude's good. Like I want to say, even like year one nationals, I think Wayne was like undefeated after day one. Yeah, man. If I'm not mistaken, like year one, a lot of the events, but uh, would yeah. certainly be repping if he did. Yeah. So like, so yeah, really, really good. Not now that we're done. Now that we're done, uh, you know, stroking old Wayne here. Let's talk about Nick Chanel. Yeah, let's stroke Wayne. Nick. Yeah, let's go ahead and stroke. We're just passing out Western grips left and right, man. That's right. But uh, no, like um, but no, Nick, Nick, kind of on the same thing. But his fire deck is just his was a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more. You need to play like five dudes or they're all going to die. And even still, if you play five dudes, I can probably kill them all. Um, Nick also really, really using Alani to as much of an effect oh, as he man. could to make sure that he was always card. winning the, uh, well, yeah, for sure. But to make sure he's always winning the mill game. Uh, yes, I think most absolutely. of his games won on deck out, just like removing all their stuff, mm -hmm. controlling their field. Um, and again, we see BFA making an appearance at three of, so in the mm -hmm. top, you know, in the finals, we literally have six copies of BFA, a card that has largely been completely absent from tournaments for the last few months. Um, Absolutely. Um, and I think my favorite card in Nick's block, <laughs> dude, my favorite card in his deck though, bomb, yep. the one CP bomb, bomb dude. That we were watching working this game, on sit work. there on the board with like there's a bomb with ten counters on it, and then he plays another bomb, and it's like, oh, he just wins this game. Like it doesn't even matter what the next twelve turns are. Like yep. this man we're just has, swelling this boy up. This man has got like like airstrikes ready to call in if ever his opponent plays anything at all. And it's exactly. funny because you're just watching the guy try to play stuff to get, you know, all right, I have to at least make him use the bomb. And then just watching Nick use anything but the bomb to just continue to kill stuff. It was just, no. yeah, uh, really, really smart play, interesting piece of insurance. That mm -hmm. bomb lets him just sit there and um, and nuke, like, Sophie pieces before they get to end step, you know, on his opponent's turn, things like that. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think this is well thought out. A lot of, like, cool techs in Nick's deck. We have to bench a Royal Ripeness. He's in here. Oh, yeah. Tomato Lord. 
Uh, I don't think he said he ever played it, <laughs> but you know, hey, no, I think I saw him pitch it for CP every time it came yeah, out. The Balasa in here is pretty neat. We saw that get reused a few times um, mm -hmm. for EX kill. But yeah, uh, Lonnie definitely, if you asked him what the MVP card of the deck was, I think that would be the answer every time. I like to think Nick has a diary of like every card he's stolen with Lonnie. It'll just Dear be diary. like his. Exactly. Today, I got Diabolos with Lonnie, and it cost three CP. It was beautiful. But uh, so rounding out the topic before we talk about the winner of the event, which we've kind of touched on a little bit, um, you know, we asked where all the fire lightning was. Well, there were a couple in the field, but there was one that not only, you know, kind of rose above. I mean, let's be honest. He's, he's a monster player, you know, world's quality player. But he's kind of playing the the not the not the stock, quote unquote, when uh, sorry, lightning fire list. He's playing like a, a very Odin heavy, a very summon heavy, still obviously still very, you know, not, not even really that burst heavy, only 15 bursts in the list, but a lot more controlling. You play a guy, I'm going to kill a guy. You play two guys, I'm going to kill two guys. You play three guys, guess what? I'm going to play three guys. Um, and we saw him against Nick's deck in the finals of the, the Centennial Week event. And it wasn't even close. Like, I don't, I, I think, I think we found this deck's, it's kryptonite, right? I think we found it's, just just bane it's it's bad not, not just it's bad matchup mm -hmm. but probably like a 70 30 matchup <laughs> yeah it's trying to do the same thing it just is uh it's like diversifying in ways that don't matter in the fire matchup yeah and then the fire exactly. deck is playing lonnie so it's yep. like if we're both gonna just keep removing each other's cards one at a time uh mm -hmm. i'm not only gonna take some of your removal and use it on you I'm also mm -hmm. just going to reduce the amount of time you have to kind of tread water and survive in this game. Yep, and especially since, you know, his list is doing a little bit of searching. There's card draw off the Odins. You're taking damage from the Kuja. I mean, obviously, this archetype wants to take damage on its own. But, yeah, like, it just... Against all the other decks, it seems like he had a really strong day of cards. I mean, mm -hmm. he, he lost in top four to Nick, which... It, it was tough, right? Like, probably the worst match he could have drawn. But we were also kind of hoping, like, well, you know, maybe he's down. Like, I mean, again, Manuel's not a slouch. Dude is a good, good player. Definitely knows his way around an aggro deck and how to circumvent, like, the downside of, you know, aggro um, against, you know, mid-rangey, controlly decks. But Nick yeah. just, once again, just played it pretty much exactly how he played it on Wednesday. Well, that's exactly it. Is, uh, Nick is, like... Uh, not only the way he played it on Wednesday, but I think he played against Lightning Fire like five, four times yeah. on Wednesday. Some some ridiculous number of times. So mm -hmm. uh, he wasn't just, you know, prepared. He had literally tested in the same environment against the same player. Yes. Um, and yeah, I mean, not, you know, not somebody that if you're going to take an L to get knocked out of the tournament and uh, you take the L to Nick, you're like, okay. You know, like, especially him playing that, that fire deck, like, mm -hmm. uh, I would just kind of nod, you know, the respectful nod. Like, okay, all right. Yep. You know, this is, oh. this, this is my time. He got me. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I, I feel very rude because we forgot about probably the most unique deck in Top 8. Um, our man, Alan Coe. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, playing, he's definitely playing, playing something. Too. Delita, eat your heart out. Because I guess yes. Delita just keeps getting back targets for you. Um, but those targets are Buckaboo, Goblin, Kyle, Rubicante, and Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, um, again, this this just seemed like it was a uh, I'm gonna play a toolbox of good cards, but mm -hmm. I think that most people's toolbox of good cards would look very different. 
Um, yeah, and I think the the what threw me for a loop, John, is uh, we, we, the first game we tuned in, we looked at the backup line. I was like, oh, that's 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 a Mont Blanc. That's that's an Opus Two Mont Blanc. Opus wait two a minute, Mont Blanc, the one that is wait, like, wait a minute, like job Moogle synergy only. And yes. uh, no job Moogle synergy in here. Then I start to think, like, well, this must be a Boonavels deck. And then, no, there's just no Boonavels in the deck. Yeah, um, yeah it, it was just, it's fire, ice, earth. Uh, mm -hmm. Really, not even any dual elements that cover those colors besides the white tiger. Um, yeah. But doing stuff like Titania just to great effect. Um, mm -hmm. Just having just, like, generically good effects. We saw Fasalis actually get played a mm -hmm. lot. Sith for a lot of Fasala specials. Of course, Axtar yeah. also can uh, can kind of search for that too. Um, mm -hmm. So we saw there were like some synergies in here, but there's not a single card in this deck besides two uh, CP Delita and Fasalas who are uh, three ofs, right? So it's just like um, it was very very toolboxy. It's certainly interesting mm -hmm. to watch. Absolutely, and uh, let's say one thing. Uh, well, there's, okay, you know, I keep forgetting as I'm talking about this. There were some really fantastic moments in this event, but let's talk about that bubble rounding mm -hmm. out the top eight. There were like I think if you look at the standings, like nine through sixteen could have been a top eight at any major event in North America. Yeah, I love that. Or in the world, that. I've used that exact phrase uh, because it's so true, right? You just look at those names, mm -hmm. and it's it's a list of people who are just like. Oh my God! How did he not make? It? How did he not make it? How did he not make it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it it's a. Uh, it was you know busy busy day of cards. Everybody came out. Yeah, a field full of international killers as well. By the way, like, I mean it I wasn't just North America. Right here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you can pull off that, if you can read I off that it. nine through sixteen, man, do it. Like th yeah. just read those names off. So ninth was Colin Rupert, then Sharina mm -hmm. Decano, then Jack Fultz Lynch, Josh Gardner, mm -hmm. Jackie Hayden. Mm -hmm. Alex Hancox, Zach Paisley, Andy Carmona. Yeah, like that's easily another top eight in any other major. Yeah, and I mean those were all um, every single one of those players was four two miss. So yep, uh, it was a tough event, man. But you know, it's uh, it is just the kind of cool thing to see all these players come out from all around, play in this competitive event, um, mm -hmm. and, and that there's so many of them doing so well that. All the Bubble Boys are insanely good players, too. Um, I think Absolutely. Kind of shows there's a lot of hunger for these kinds of events right now, Chris. I mean, this was honestly the same month, even though it was at the total opposite end of the month. It was mm -hmm. the same month as Xanarkand. And I think yeah. that uh, people are, honestly, they're just refusing to not play another competitive season of Final Fantasy. Yeah. So Absolutely. whatever it looks like, however we got to do it, uh, I think everybody, both TO-wise, player-wise, we're just like, we're making this happen. Uh, there's mm -hmm. a lot of events in person planned for the end of the year. Now that vaccines and stuff are are ramping yep. up and rolling out. Uh, and in the meantime, I love that we're having these events like League of Light is going into top cut right now. Uh, mm -hmm. Just these awesome community run events that are really keeping the hearth lit uh, as it's we get ready to move beautiful. to the, the end, hopefully, of uh, things looking so weird. It's beautiful. And uh, speaking of beautiful, let's talk about the beautiful Sasha Stark who took the event home. Um, Really, really good finals against Nick. I felt like, I don't know, like, I felt like, you know, Nick was just a thorn in people's side all day, just, like, convincing. Just, just, they, I felt like, you know, watching Nick play, his opponents just weren't even in the game. You know, the games that we saw. Yeah, and honestly, but, he had played against a lot of Sovi decks, but we watched yeah. the differences. What Sasha mm -hmm. was playing very specifically really helped carry him to victory. Um, yeah, he even and, said BFA at the end. He said BFA was the MVP of the day. Yeah, I mean, because, yeah, Nick... 
uh, is playing BFA because Nick identifies, hey, this is really good against what a lot of people are doing right now. Yep. Um, but then Sasha plays BFA against Nick, and Nick's just like, oh, crap. Literally everything I have is like, damn, like you know, piecing out damage over two different cards or enter abilities mm-hmm. because, you know, he's trying to be efficient and mill out, and um, it's hard for him to kill BFA with all the cards in his deck because, again, 10, Chris, that magic number. It's and um, it's so easy for Sasha to just, like, oh, I'll just play it again. Oh, and by the way, Martian Ritz stuff's happening. Oh, and by the way, the additional layer... Package. Exactly, of the Sophie... Just the combination of Ritz unblockable... Right and Sophie pinging at the end of the turn gives Nick so many things. There's like literally four things that are sitting on the board that say, "I have to die right now, or you lose." And you're looking mm-hmm. at Ritz, Sophie, and BFA. It's like, how the heck do I get rid of all these at once? You know, Philly is really the only answer. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that you know Nick put up a good fight. We went to game three. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a really great finals. It's still up on our Twitch. Please, yeah. please give it a watch. It's a really great finals. The whole top cut is an awesome day of cards. Um, absolutely but sasha just i mean the bfa like like he said like we said and you can see it very clearly uh piecing apart kind of like the answers nick is able to get to and then ritz and sophie are just kind of like on both of his shoulders like his little girls Mm -hmm. dude daddy's little girls are just just ready to come on in and win the game so um you got to give a sasha a a sasha shout out a shout out to sasha stark um for just a really, really insane day. Only one loss on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, incredible performance from him. And yeah. uh, I really hope to see him and some of these other European players play in some more of our events. Absolutely. So, again, a great day of cards for a lot of folks. Uh, but, John, you know, I'm going to have to say I had a, there was a moment in this tournament that I'll never forget. It's still one of my favorite moments because I love seeing it. John, we got to see an Eduardo special, which always is just really just tickles my taint to no end. But it's it's not just that we saw an Eduardo special. We we did a little chain searching to get to the forward Eduardo to pitch for the Eduardo special. Yeah, man, uh, it's clipped on our Twitch because it's... the people loved it so much. It's literally Chocobo Joe has the Eduardo backup. He plays Gabranth to search the deck for a forward Eduardo. Then he taps the backup Sid Woff and discards cards to pay for the Eduardo special so that his only dull backup can't be broken and then shatters five of his opponent's backups. Into yeah, the and wind, it was, uh, unfortunately like, on the dust. receiving end of that was Sam Prime. <laughs> just like, oh, I think all I can just picture him in his chin. I mean, all you can do is just throw your hands up. <laughs> Whatever, dude. You can't be happy about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, you, you like, also were like, you yeah, that's wild. Yeah, you did it. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, you're like, your medal's in the mail. <laughs> You've yeah. done the thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the Eduardo gives the old Thanos snap and half of the board just disappears. Dude, yeah, it, it was, was, uh, it was so, such a great moment. And he was also playing, like, the, the 4CP standard unit, Lilty, which I certainly didn't expect to see in the Dude, end. So he's that card did for some that work. With, he's paying for that with, like, Tiro to get the lightning, and then he's already paying yeah. ice in the deck. So he plays this four drop seven K and it's like discard a card and break that <laughs> Sophie. My God. Very dude. cool. So great. What a what a fun event. Um again, thank you to everybody that played. Thank you to everybody that tuned in. Um it was just an awesome an awesome well, an awesome week kind of capped off with an awesome event on Saturday. So we thank you, thank you so much. And uh 
John, that, I mean, that about sums up the Octagon State of the Union. So I, I it think it brings you us know, into our next piece of news right away, Chris. Because the reason I haven't been able to send out some of the prizes yet is because yeah. something just came out this weekend in North America. That would be Opus Thirteen. Better late than pregnant, I always say. So Am I know? right? Yeah, they say April thirtieth, which basically meant yeah May, right? Just just, yes. just to to think about it this way, there's still some shipping delays for some stores, so there's still people. Mm-hmm. I know the foreman was saying that they don't have anything in his area yet. No. So it's like, yeah, uh, this was supposed to come out towards the end of March. It's now May, but hey, at least you know it's here. Uh, people getting their paws on Opus 13 pre-release kits and sets coming out at the same time. A little bit weird. And uh, the big elephant in the room for Opus 13, you know, besides the delay, Chris, is uh, that dirty, dirty word, that dirty A word. Oh, not allocation, John. Don't say it. You say it three times, Candyman comes out. Oh, no. Well, I mean, Chris, we're talking percentages, uh, you know, 50% upwards, 70% reduction to some that's uh, some fucking huge. Yeah, and I mean, so the thing is, it's not like there's 70% less product made, right? It's just being spread around, so people are getting less. So yep. it's it's this weird good problem. I mean, it's a bad problem no matter how you slice it, right? It's, yeah. It sucks. It sucks. It's, it's a problem. It's awful for the stores. It's awful for the players. It's awful for literally everybody except the people who are making the money on the back end. Uh, but mm-hmm. actually, it's probably even awful for the distributors and for Square because this isn't good press. Nobody, this doesn't help anybody. Yes. Um, but you don't do something like this unless you literally don't have it to give to somebody. You know, like it's it's not exactly. hiding somewhere. Uh, it's just that the demand, I, I suppose, and it's hard because we don't get to see these numbers. But um, I would imagine that the demand has just exceeded what the original plan was for Opus Twelve production, and these kinds of things are decided in advance. Um, yeah. And uh, the boom has been insane, so insane that we've already seen allocations happening in other games. Uh, everybody mm-hmm. knows Pokemon, obviously, and Magic. Um, mm-hmm. But it's really everything is the prices are going up and allocations are happening. So I think that a lot of this isn't anybody's fault, but it sucks, and it feels like we always get a lot of things that suck that we're told aren't anybody's fault. So it's almost like a boy who cries wolf situation where when there is something that happens that maybe wasn't anybody's fault, I, you know, I'm just tired of it. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't really want to hear whatever the explanation is. You know, I, I, you know you've run out of, uh, like, it's literally, boy who cried, like, you know, okay, yeah, whatever, man. You, yeah, all right, yep. Oh, we've got some bad news. To, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, just tell me the new date. <laughs> Yeah, you know, exactly. Tell exactly. me, tell me when I can actually get my cards. Is it coming? Is it not coming? Say it's not coming, kind of thing. Like yeah. I, you know, I just want just just let me get disappointed early if that's how it's going to be. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, we'll have to see how this looks in the long run. Personally, uh, you know, knock on wood or something. I guess I'm lucky. Our store has boxes. Uh, we did get less pre-release kits than we normally would get, but it's just like, oh no, I didn't get to buy extra kits. Like I mean, you know, first world problems. Um, I got all my cards. But people aren't so lucky, um, and I really hope that uh, it's it's just that they're in more places, yeah. and that it isn't that people genuinely just cannot get playable cards for the set. So we'll see. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what I'm waiting on. Like, the, the, I mean, obviously, I'm like the rest of the world. I need three Sophies. Yeah. So I go to all the websites. Sophies sold out, or I mean, that's assuming there was even singles to open, right? There were even there was there was there, there was like I, I assume there wasn't any extra, or if there was, it was very very little to open for singles. Yeah. So 
I can't find a single <laughs> Sophie online, so I'm not gonna buy anything. Well, here's the I thing, Chris. You know, you're a store. You normally get a hundred boxes, right? You've, yeah, now uh, you get three. Well, you right? know, so you sell, you've got 100 players who normally come to your store to get boxes. And then let's say there's more stores. More stores want a chance to sell the boxes. And even if they have 50 players, or, you know, these numbers are bad. But if they have 20 players coming to their store, let's say they get their fair shake, though. So they get like 30, 40 boxes, right, mm-hmm. of your boxes. Um, so, yeah, like maybe they have some extras, but they're just not in the places people are used to looking. It's mm-hmm. good because it should diversify the places that we are allowed to look. But the problem yep. is, uh, I don't think a lot of those brick-and-mortar stores are going to end up having these community presences. I don't think they're going to help support other aspects of the game like some of these online stores do. So it's like, yeah, while there's uh, certainly an argument for, like, you know, all stores should be treated equally or have a fair shake. Also, uh, you know, come on, if you're not going to do Jack to help your community stay afloat for a year and a half, at least, you know, don't hurt the people who are using what little influence slash you know, access they have to help those people, you know, like, yeah, it certainly doesn't help me and thus doesn't help any of you by proxy who play in our events when the stores like Delight or Cards of Evilies get allocated, you know, um, that's, that makes it difficult for us to get prizes to continue to hold events when, you know, that's the only kind of prizes there can be because I don't have a, you know, a company to ask for, for prizes. So, yeah. It's just one of those things where um, it sucks for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I hope that it's not as bad of an impact as maybe it seems like it will be up front. Uh, up front, of course, it's shitty news, especially after we've already been getting some bad news for Opus 13. Um, but uh, hopefully, you know, sales start happening on like the marketplace and more players just kind of have cards to trade and sell to each other. Um, maybe we start to see some restocks come in for some of those stores. We'll see. Yeah, and it's, that's what uh, I'm waiting on. Yeah. I'm, I, I expect I'll be able to get my hands on my Sophies, you know, because, again, I don't collect. I don't buy product. I don't buy, like, sealed boxes. I know that's I, – I just – Look I, forward I to single. the Sophie tin. Yeah, I just – yeah, right? Yeah, I just don't – I don't want all that extra bulk just sitting around because I only <laughs> buy cards. for. I, 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 again, I am the farthest thing from a collector in any card <laughs> game. I buy the cards for the decks I want to play. I don't want to buy a box to not get the cards that I want to play, right? Dude, imagine that in the in the back of the like the Final Fantasy VII Avalanche versus Shinra deck, right? Mm-hmm. There's just like this blister pack, like this little like like how the uh, like how the promos come, and it's, uh-huh. just, it's just Sophie's. It's just like it's just like we're sorry, we know yeah, everybody exactly. needs three of these. We messed this one up, dude. Here you go, one of them's full art. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah, this this comes with three Sophies, three premium Sophies. Yeah, uh, you know, I, Square, here's the thing. Uh, oh, no, Opus 11 is hard to get. Oh, no, Opus 1 is hard to get. Look, I don't know anybody who needs a, a card for a deck and they can't get it. Okay, I mean, yeah. it, eventually I... at some point it's going to happen. But, you know, right now, it's very realistic to purchase anything that you need. So that's why we say we are waiting to see, because if that changes, then this is a big problem. But Absolutely. If for now, if if eventually you can still get there before tournaments happen, yeah, uh, it's a survivable. Yeah, yeah. If I can get my stuff before I have to sleeve up a deck and take it somewhere in person, I'm fine. If I can't, uh, that's going to be a whole other story. That I probably don't go to that event unless I can borrow three. As weird as that sounds. Yeah, I mean, weird uh, as that sounds. I hear you. But good luck, because everybody who has their theirs are just are probably playing them, or yeah, I'm also out uh, to somebody, you know. 
I'm feeling weird about like giving away extras of stuff if things are really going to be the way they are. Correct. And so hopefully more people aren't just like <laughs> diamond hands and hodling all their uh, their extra legends. Uh, we'll see. Mm-hmm. If I yeah. had Sophie's for your Chris, I'd I'd uh, I'd part with them for you. But oh, yeah. well, yeah, don't worry about that. I'll I'll get them eventually. I'm a patient boy. Again, like, where am I going? I'm not playing any. I'm not using them you exactly. know, anytime soon. So my proxies yeah. look great. Yeah, same. The ones I've got proxies look great. <laughs> So I am good to go. So that, I mean, that really wraps up the news. You know, we'll see what's, uh, you know, what's in store once, uh, you know, once we get more information, once we see if more Opus 13 will be hitting stores and people can open more product. Um, you know, this, the whole thing, we, and we've harped on this before, and I'm, I don't want to beat this dead horse again, that like the, the collector side of things has really, like this is the first time this game has really seen that. But again, the same can be said for a lot of games right now. That, yeah. Like there's just really massive collector boom like honestly it makes every game start to feel like magic from a from a non-gameplay sense that you've got this now massive collector's market that has come out of the woodworks um and it's causing spikes and shortages and it's just making things a lot harder for someone like me who wants to play the game but the difference is it's called it's a collectible card game a trading card game you can't have one without the other. So I don't hate the collectors. In fact, I'm glad that they're purchasing things, right? It means that they're going to continue to make more cards because people are buying it. Yeah. But at the same time, for someone who has zero dogs in that fight, it's like, well, fuck, man. I just want my cards and I don't want to pay a, a ton of money for them. It's kind of nice uh, that some of the things that you have actually do become like a return on investment too, though. Sure. Like, you know, you, you definitely... Uh, I, I think we've all taken a couple wins from the fact that the collectors, you know, oh, I've are, taken are, plenty of wins yeah, for sure. Are driving this stuff up. So it, again, it's uh, the yin and yang, you know. Like you said, exactly. you can't have one without the other. Yeah, um, that's why I don't get mad at it. I know there's a lot of people that do who are like, "Ugh, I can't get the cards I need to play in my deck." It's like, well, the thing is, you're gatekeeping uh, because of what you enjoy doing with the cards. Ex- exactly, exactly. So yeah, I, I can't get mad at somebody like that, and and, and that's for every game, like. Granted, it does suck that you've got people. I mean, I guess scalping and collecting—they're not scalping one in the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah they're not that. one in the same. Scalping sucks, but being a genuine collector, because I've had dealings with you know genuine like collectors, you know, over the you know that they, they want you know when you, they sell something, you, they buy something from you, they want to look at you, they want you to like practically send them a video of you twisting the card, like showing. And I say twisting, I mean like turning it back to front. Like they want to see the corners, they want to see the. The, 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 you know, I guess the marks that a collector is looking for, frayed mm-hmm. edges, in, you know, imperfections and the, you know, I mean, shit like that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I get, I, I 100% get it. And I'm glad that people are collecting, but it's just like, fuck, man, don't let me, look, just don't let me not be able to get my Sophie's. I don't give a shit beyond that. You know, do what makes you happy. But don't let me not get my Sophie's. I'm going to be a real sad boy, John. Real <laughs> need, sad boy. I need my girl. John and Adam Duncan and the and the guy in the truck is like, you know, we're ordering our food and he's like, oh hey, any of you guys in the military? Like in the military? Are you guys in the military? Do you serve our country? And we're like, no. fuck yeah, oh, he's fishing well, hard. We said, we said, yeah, we said he's pitching it real hard and he's like, well, yeah, I you don't fake, military. don't like him, but how about <laughs> teachers? Yeah, and he was like, well, I don't, I didn't like him when I was younger, but how about teachers? Any of y'all teachers? Any of y'all heroes? And John was like, well, I work in a hospital and I'm, you know. 
I'm, I'm a frontline emergency <laughs> worker, and he was like, yeah, almost. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Hey, I almost, know you. bro. I almost paid a discount. <laughs> He was almost like, got that five percent off a of taco or whatever. He really feels like he's yeah. like he's like, hey, come on, any at teachers, anything, you know? Okay, come on, let me give this to you. And that's why I, I thought I gave him a, like a softball, like an easy pitch. You know, hey, uh, you know, I'm a frontline worker. He's like, ah, no, almost. But I got my first shot. But I got my first vaccine shot. Like Johnny messaged me. It's like trying to figure. Like he's like, he's like, how did you get it? He's like, how do I go to sign up? I'm trying to get money. He's like, they're treating vaccinated people out here like war vets. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, Johnny? <laughs> yeah, your free Krispy Kreme, dude. He's like, he's like, there's free Krispy Kreme for the rest of the year, dude. You get a free donut. It's like you can go to all these oh, places. You get, I can get, get a free donut. Hold on, I didn't yeah, know dude. this. Yeah. Free donut every day, every day for the rest I'm of the year. The fucking can go, I tell bro. you, dude? I'm driving home in like the rain, and all of a sudden my phone just like, <laughs> oh my god, what? Oh my god, the emergency like, signal. What's wrong? Now. What's wrong? And it's like Virginia residents can now get their vaccine. But why the fuck? <laughs> Was this put out of my phone as an emergency? Like, are you shitting me? Like, hey, welcome to Virginia, John. I don't even live here, bro. It's just I'm just here visiting. Yeah. Yeah, Drew, you need to go out there and just farm those fucking donuts. Just I farm, am. Just farm them. I'm gonna do them like the uh, like the Chinese samples at the mall. Just oh, like wear a different ball cap. And just keep, keep coming back the Groucho Marx glasses. I mean, you know they're not, like, recording your name. Oh, no. You're like, I got my vaccine card. Thanks for the donut. Oh, were you just here? No, I, I have a blue hat on. Thanks for the donut. <laughs> You know, this isn't just a normal podcast, and we've got a lot to talk about, but really what this is is a trip down memory lane. Like, for those who have been with us since the beginning, we know who you are. Thank you. Like, this is the biggest, biggest thank you. You know, like, when we when we started this, man, like, and that's just kind of, you know, that's kind of where we're going to start. But, you know, when we started this, we just wanted content for something that we were getting into because we all know that this is a, this is a, this is a small even now even though it's grown um, knowing how much it's grown imagine how much i mean you know you were there from the beginning like how small this game was yeah this is like baby's first card game um and i don't mean that like in a in a snarky like oh you don't know how to play card games pick mm-hmm. it final Fantasy. it's it's like this is a game that like the ip is what's attract what attracts people but even still, like the while Final Fantasy is big, clearly fourteen is a massive phenomenon. But like, the IP is relatively niche. Like, still in the grand scheme of things, when you're talking like pop culture IPs, I would say these days, especially, yeah, it just doesn't. It's not like it was when it yeah. was the king on the corner for gaming. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So like that has definitely changed. But like to see where it's grown, but also just realizing that we're still a small game, like. And and the, the the need for content has always been there. There mm-hmm. just is it. There just wasn't something. And not the saying that there wasn't any content out there. Like there's some there was some top quality content. You know, you had Josephir doing stuff, mm-hmm. um, and he was doing that in between other Final Fantasy, you know, related in, you know um, videos. But yeah. he always he did, put like, out the mobile games and stuff. Too. Absolutely, yeah. but mm-hmm. he always put out good deck lists, um, fun deck lists that were worth a try. They were very comprehensive and thought out. So like you know, and that that really talk to the competitive because we like we know joe hill's a good card gamer i mean he's got mm-hmm. cardboard and ufs so like he, he's you know mm-hmm. he's good he's a good card player um so you know like that was that we had that and then there was the crystal tower which i mean obviously i mean he, alex hancock's is still 
I would put him up there as probably one of the best content makers for this yeah. game. Just oh, yeah. consistent, like he's been around for a while. And then, you know, you had the Choker Bros, which at the time it was just uh, Sam Prime and Zach Burrell. And they only had a few episodes, so I remember just watching those over and over mm-hmm. again. These are all like YouTube videos. Remember, uh, uh, Siordia, uh, Emo Tempest, yeah, Emo, stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Team Starwind. Do you remember Star those? Wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there wasn't much. They have that video. It's so funny. They have one of like uh, them at the Boston Crystal Cup and walking around like interviewing the players before yeah the event starts or like in between the rounds. It's really funny with like future knowledge and like context of who everyone is to go and like listen to that stuff Dude, and so, it was like, funny because i was sitting there i was like fuck maybe i should do the same thing but like i was like we've only got four episodes i'm just gonna keep it chill for now and like because at that point the like i think i was still in the mode where like i need to establish credibility mm-hmm. but the thing is too like we had guys like okimoto in the room who knew who we were greg cole like these guys who we knew like we knew the california guys were here mm-hmm. like they knew who we were apparently there were some people you know outside of our local area like jp you know shout out to john paul there like he he knew who we were and he was petrified to play me and yeah, he 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 was, he was like dude i was so I, he's like i thought you were gonna fucking just dog wash me but no he actually won like yeah i played into a i knew he had the fucking ash the the to stand her up i, mm, I went for it anyway the old, uh, the old three cp ash yeah I, but you know, hey i'm gonna make you have it if you don't have if, if you have it yeah. you win if you don't have it i win and i'm not gonna let you have another turn you mm-hmm. know what i mean um, so, so like, it was really cool knowing that, like, we did have some notoriety already, but, like, I, I, I was wondering, like, how the hell we got it, because up at that point, like, we'd only had a couple tournaments, and only four episodes of a podcast, we had had the ARG Charlotte event, which, you know, Adam finished eighth, uh, I was, I finished tenth, I was, it really pissed me off, though, because, like, they fucked up the tiebreaker math, I mean, I could tell this story all the time, <laughs> fucked up the tiebreaker math, which pushed everything back, and also, that's where we met Adam Duncan, he finished ninth. So you had Adam Lane, Adam Duncan, Chris Adams, 8, 9, and 10. And then you had uh, you know, our buddy Nathan Horn, who doesn't play anymore. He finished second. Um, but so we had, we, had, you know, we had a good enough showing at this tournament. And then we had the Kefka Cup, which is a local thing. It was the beginning of the Villain Series, which, you know, Adam won. I made top eight. So, like, that was, I was like, okay, so we're doing this. Then I went to Ohio for the Petite Cup after yeah. a couple episodes. I top four that. So I was like, oh, shit. Okay, so you know maybe we are doing something right, and I wish I wish I would have gotten the videos from that place because you can't find those those that vods was, anymore. Uh, Adam's Audible, right? That was uh, yeah, that was yeah, was that's the one. Adam, yeah, 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 absolutely. Because I was going to play Mono Earth because Opus Five had just come out, yeah. had just fucking come out, fresh, and, and everybody wanted Wall Man. Like Wall was the was card, the to rush. Have. yeah, yeah, the Wall rush. rush, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, man. Like everybody wanted Wall, but I was like, I was I was playtesting because it was me, Curtis Kang, and Steven Arvaleta. You know, shout outs to those guys. Um, and it was just like, okay, well, let me, let me, I, I was doing like lock stuff, hasting him, Genesis stuff, hasting sellers, you know, like if this was like, I mean, turn one hasting stuff is still something you see people, you, you yeah, still dude, see people do. Yeah, it would be do. the old Genesis Sage, the old yeah. lock Sage. Oh yeah, and sometimes I would do like, sell, like, if I was on the play or on the draw, they'd play a backup, I'd be like, sell us, freeze your backup, swing till you're, now <laughs> you're already behind. Um, but little things like that. But like the game has clearly changed so much since then. But then yeah. I top four that. So like we're going into Boston with a little bit of like, oh, oh no, that's okay. The the dragons here. That's right. Yeah, that's just the air conditioner. Don't worry about that. Got to keep nice, it cool. Now that we're nice and conditioned. Exactly. But like, but then, so it's like, so you know we're like okay. So now we're we're getting some notoriety here. We're getting some consistent results. So we go to Boston. You know, and Adam and I for the most part like I'm having a really good day. Like the my only two I went X and two. My only two losses were Greg Cole and JP. Um, I made I made top cut. Adam 
Adam made a, and you can go back and listen to the podcast. He's like, he made the mistake of, he was playing Mono Weiss. He made the mistake of not playing Thaumaturge, which we all know no, was well, a, yeah. He said, I, he said that's hey, a mistake. Though, oh, yeah. Thing. yeah. Big time. I, mean, I certainly wasn't given Thaumaturge the time of day uh, when I was reading over Opus 5. Absolutely. And, John, this is where, like, I think this, I, I feel like the Boston Crystal Cup was the start of, like, the community we know today. Yeah, that's when I started being like, oh, this is who else is in this game right it's like my only exposure had been locals at that point so mm-hmm. it's like okay you know you see like whoever makes content but then this is actually okay these are the the tournament these are the grinders oh absolutely is, you start to see the people who you're going to see like people who weren't local you know those are the people who are going to travel whenever there's stuff that's worth traveling to okay this is the core kind of set and if you look at that top 16 boston crystal cup picture it's so funny that it is basically it's a, a, it's a rogue gallery yeah yeah it's uh, there's like maybe one or two people in that picture who aren't still like core community members. Is, yeah, there's only a couple. I think the the ones that come to mind like Max Williams doesn't play anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think. Figaro doesn't play. Yeah, Figaro yeah. doesn't play anymore. He's a DBS player. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Really good DBS player too. Yeah. Um, he's just good, man. I knew him from Pokemon before. He's a good uh, card player. Yeah, yeah, always. Yeah. Because yeah. I want to say even because he played Sam Prime in Top 16. I think even Sam was like, I just he got fucking washed by Zemus and like Ramza, yeah, the dude. two Opus Five legends. Yeah, right? he, he was, was a lot of lightning. He was doing the lightning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, good card players there, and it's funny to you know kind of go back, and that's and I think that's where it all began, and that's that episode Adam and I recorded because that was actually the first time Adam and I had done the podcast without Drew, because mm-hmm. anybody who goes back and listens to our early episodes, um, it was me, Adam Lane, and Andrew Lane, like we were the one because you know Adam, he, Drew was still playing at the time, mm-hmm. and you know we're gonna have those guys on actually in a little bit to kind of give their their perspective. Of course, you know Adam Lane a Still, somebody people want to see come back to the game, but um, oh yeah, they get excited anytime he comes to like do commentary. He did like the guest thing on Gino's yeah. uh, charity stream. Yeah, yeah, man, I love that was uh, in Boston was when we met too. Yeah, like, absolutely. When I met you guys for the first time, and we had to play it, uh, on day two. We started playing in Wolves Den because we both got knocked out of the top sixteen. Oh yeah, it was rough. We got our Kageyama speech, dude. That was the best part. Yeah, that's, yeah. Can we just talk about that for sure, a second, John? Like, because we, we haven't. Because I feel like. Ever since then, for those competitive players, and we've all kind of said this, that, like, you know, there's been a dip. Like, the quality kind of dipped a little bit after that first one, man. And yeah, it's the and first thing. They bring in all the pomp and circumstance yeah, and the bells dude. and whistles. Man. And, like, Kageyama was there. Like, th- like, this was a very, very special Crystal Cup, and I don't think any other Crystal Cup I can ever go to will match that one. And I think any other Crystal Cup that anybody goes to will not match the quality of that first one. Just because Kageyama was there, he gave that day two speech... Like, there was just a very, like, oh, you're not in top cut. Oh, you can't fucking come in. You know, you that, chill. Yeah, me. that was, like, no, no, no. They kind of, like, yeah, that, that was such a, like, a prestigious is almost a weird word, but that's the thing. It was such a professionally run, like, special mm-hmm. kind of event. Yeah. And I was like, wow, the bar is here. Yeah. And then it's just like, nope, <laughs> the bar, the bar's lower. Yeah, and yeah. This was us vaulting over the bar. Yeah. But uh, still, I mean, yeah, that Kageyama, he came and gave that speech. It was so kind of him, and he was, like, he was genuinely excited to see people play, and and that was funny because that was kind of my first introduction to like, hey, well, you're not playing this game for the prize support. It was like, oh, I know that we didn't say anything for top sixteen prizes. I was like, okay, finally, here it comes, here comes the prize announcement. Like, but you can pick up that play mat that you're using when you lose. And I'm like, oh, great, people have been picking up these play mats all weekend. fucking weekend. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great, I'll only be the twelfth guy to get one of these right. play mats. Right. And then, yeah, then I went to the side events, and we played in that, like, title... Yeah, thing. that's actually where we had sat down and played. Yeah, that was the first time we had played, and uh, the, the writing was on the wall. You were actually, you were in straight-up claptacular mode on me. Yeah, dude, and when I got second in the title thing, that's when I got 
another one of those playmats. And I was yeah, like, oh, like, okay, cool. So uh, top this 16. This is the running joke. Top 16 and second and an eight-man side event are the same prize. Yep. All right, I guess we got to <laughs> A, aim higher, and B, um, you know, what are we really invested in this game for? It's certainly the community and the game. Clearly. It's certainly, you know, Clearly. not the... Uh, it was never the prizes. <laughs> exactly. And we learned that real quick, but we still stuck with it. And, and yeah. that's what, oh, yeah. and we continued to pump out the podcast. And we, I mean, if you look at like, if you look at the next few episodes, we had a lot of local events. Um, you know, we're going into Opus 6 at this point. Like, it was just like, we. Like, I feel like the game was running full steam. Opus like 6 was Gen Con. Stuff, Opus 6 it? was yeah. Gen Con. Yeah, 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 this was, uh, this was, that was Turbo Year, dude. That yeah. was, uh. That was like when Rebels showed up to Gen Con. And it was yeah, like, oh, hey. dude, that's, dude, that fucking, that first Gen Con where it was like, because A, that was, you know, A was my first Gen Con period. Mm-hmm. And I had an awesome time. And, uh, you know, I'd gone there. There was the three Crystal Cups. There was a sealed one. And then there was like. Well, I guess it was two because there was the sealed one, and then it was like a two-flight, two-day. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, you know, I am not a sealed player. I make sure I say that every fucking turn. I, I do. I, I just, it's just not... Look, there. It's a, it's a great skill to have if you're a card game player. I think playing sealed is so important. If you want to be, if you want to call yourself the best at a card game, you need to know its limited environment. Dude, I love that legend of that sealed of you opened the dude, sealed and dude, then you wrote on the back of the so list that you registered. Funny. Like, congratulations, you yeah. won the tournament. Dude, I can't because okay, so and, and I think this is this is probably my favorite story in this community, and I, I can't believe it played out like it did. So. We opened our pools. Like, Opus 6 had some really distinct, like, these are some really balls fucking... Or it was Opus 6, Opus 6, whatever set Nidhogg was in. It was 6, I believe, right? Because it was a... Uh, Maybe? Wasn't that that same Gen Con? Yeah, that, or was that... Is this a different yeah, year? It has to be, because it was the same year, because no, yeah. Tur- because Turbo was, the like, the deck. The deck yeah. that came out. So, yeah, I, th- six, I believe so. Yeah, yeah so we... um. So in that you had like the new YRP stuff, you had Nidhogg, Renoa, yeah, Renoa, Opus 6, yeah, mm-hmm. so it is fucking Opus 6. Um, so you had all of that coming out in this set, and if you opened any of this stuff, like the new Dragoons that had come out, the 2CP guy, um, the the 3 drop one, there was a 4 drop one, um, there was a new Kane, Nidhogg, like you name it. Well, uh, Cypher and, the, and uh, uh, Rajan and Fujin, and then yeah, you had the, the, the 8 stuff, yeah. So in Same my religion, yeah. and the way they did sealed was so weird is like you got you sat it they sat you down you got your nine packs you registered the cards in those packs but that's not what you got to play with mm-hmm. they pretty much took everything up after you registered and passed it out so so I look at everything and I'm like oh my god not only did I have like like the Renoa was foil I believe yeah. like the Nidhogg like it was just a stupid like I got I said all these packages I had all of them. Yeah, Multiple yeah, Dragoons, full Cypher package, yeah. full YRP package, Nidhogg, Renoa, Kane, you name it, it was in there. And I was like, I was, I almost picked it up and said, I'm just going to sell these. Like, I don't want to play this. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know what, it's the, in the spirit of competition. I'm here. I paid for it. Yeah. Let's just do it. So I was like, but whoever gets this, though. So I turned the registration sheet over, wrote a note. I said, dear, to whom it may concern... I, I hope you enjoy winning because with this draft pool, you are going to win this tournament. Mm-hmm. With love, Chris Adams. Folded and then, uh, so it got to a, a really good uh, limited player by the name of David Pye. David Pay. I, I apologize if I'm saying his last name wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and of course, let, you know, let's not underplay the fact that Adam had a mon. He had a great pool. He ended up with uh, 
and he finished second. Like he went yeah. through, had played some real tough games. Like Adam had to beat some killers and get there. He's, he's second. We're just like, like I went back to the Airbnb because we had driven like all night. Like, it was a real fucking thing. And then, of course, we got there and we started. We we're hanging out with the North Carolina guys um, and got us fucking hammered drunk that night. So, anywho, long story short, well, finals is Adam Lane versus David Pay, David Pye, and. I find out because I'm away, and then I find out that the pool that David Pye got was my fucking pool. And because he, he told Adam about the message, and when I called up with everybody later, he's like, "Chris, you're not gonna fucking believe this. Your your, your pool is <laughs> what won the tournament. That's crazy." And I was like, "No fucking way!" And they, he's even told that story on like other podcasts because I want to say when Jordan Dank and David Pye were on the the crystal tower mm-hmm. they told that same story yeah dude so, when you read a note like that and then that's what happens that's just like you keep the note i'm sure he has it uh, no because the, 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 re- the registration sheets were gone oh, which sucks dude, like i so really funny. wish that was still i wish somebody yeah. still had that because yeah. like it that's law that's only that's like a story that is now just so i said it's a legend dude. it yeah. is <laughs> it's it was so fucking insane and then uh you know that that the next day we played uh, Lemon, and that was the year. You know that was when Turbo Ice was a real big thing, man. And like, like I remember, like this is where we learned like the the Canadian Turbo. This is where, you know, where we met Jordan Dank and JG Fitness for the first time. Yeah, yeah. So like fitness, like, yeah. And this is actually where I where I actually Irving had been to tournaments before. He was actually at the top sixteen for Boston, but this is where I had first like actually hung out and met Irving Diaz too. Um, so like we're meeting like this like this full first year was just meeting a lot of like now people that I would you know I can see and just chill and just do whatever with if I just see them just on a whim, you know what I mean? Yeah, look at that you're you're literally in my apartment right now just hanging out for the weekend with me and my wife. I like, guess the best way to record the hundredth episode. I know it sounds like we're kind of bouncing around, but like that's what this is. This is we're just, reminiscing, Chris. This Very is stories. Much. This is reminiscing. But you know we took a little bit to get here, John. But you know what? We we have some things to talk about. Hey guys, what's up? It's the Fredericksburg Turks hijacking the RBA Returners podcast to bring you a brand new episode from the Turks. We are back out of retirement and we will uh, take over this podcast as of right now. Why are you trolling, bro? Black Scorpion is back. What you gonna do when a Black Scorpion comes for you? Um, I... This just feels really awkward, my guys. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, bro. I haven't had my fucking podcast head on in a minute. Neither well, have I. Neither have I. Okay. I didn't do that much talking anyways. Well, anyways, we just want to say congratulations to the RVA returners for uh, their 100th episode. Definitely a uh 100th episode. That's all fucking wow. wow that's, a wombo, that's a wombo combo yeah, right that ain't there, Falco. Uh, Where are you dude, at? Where dude, that's at? like a Sephiroth, Sephiroth special, dude. Mm-hmm. How many episodes like, did we make it? Not a hundred. Yeah, I think we well, we st- we stop at what, like twenty something. Twenty maybe. No, I think we stop at like maybe twenty two, twenty three. Hey, that means the Arvary Tuners are five times as good as the Turks. Mm-hmm. Yikes! Well, an end of an era, but the beginning of a new era with the RV Returners hundredth episode. Remember that first time I played you? I, like I didn't even know how to play the game. I destroyed your ass. Look, look. Wipe the floor. Listen here. He <laughs> got ready, so I should let you take What's that the- playback. <laughs> Man, you ever like? There ever comes a time where like there's like a good figure of speech that you can just input right. Insert amazing relevant figure of speech right here, and then you forget what the figure of speech is. That's what it was. 
Something about a blind. Fuck. That was, that was God. I'm so mad at myself. I mean, my favorite memory of uh, Kyle getting sad at this game was I think we were at Pennsylvania. Was it? Oh my God. Was that... it Pennsylvania or was it? Oh uh, yeah. It was <laughs> yeah, it was PA. And I played uh, Kyle <laughs> in Swiss, and then like I just quickly bopped him, and that man just stared Boop, into space, like so was, sad. Like you, could, I was just trying to think of like, was there any like any other outcome where I could have like won that game, but there there wasn't. Like I was looking at his face, and all I could hear was just like, "Hello, darkness, my old friend." <laughs> That is like true. One mic and sitting on the same couch. <laughs> sometimes, that's right. the, sometimes that's the way you like it, though. Like Chris and I had a little fun doing it in person last weekend. This past weekend, yeah, it was a lot of oh, fun. Oh, nice, nice. Except for the fact that our food came like two hours late, bro. That was the most insane thing. Like, I was both hungry and falling asleep. It was the worst combination. Dude, like, we could have, John, we could have walked up there and gotten it before they delivered it. Twice, dude. Uh, and, like, eaten twice. it and then, and then walked back and got more, bro. Gotten a second helping. That sounds awful. It was the worst DoorDash experience Dude, of my life. I wasn't in a walking mood, bro. I'll tell you what, they paid for my uh, my food on what Thursday because <laughs> they yeah. the credit for the you know for uh, Love that. a lot of the meal there. Yeah, small victories. Mm-hmm. That's right. Dogecoin and the restaurants are paying for all your meals. Dude, Dude hell yeah, dude! It's just all I know is it's uh it's not on me, dude. <laughs> it's on the moon. <laughs> it's on the moon, dude. <laughs> That's right. Fucking love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, whatever you want to go, man. You guys are. I'm rolling. Oh fuck! We uh, so we're, we're good. We can just roll. Mm-hmm. And this will be like a segment, right? So I don't even know at what point I'm gonna interject it, but it'll it'll make some kind of sense. Curtis sent me a thing. I didn't even listen to it yet, but I'm excited. That's probably gonna be really good too. I'm gonna get through tomorrow first, and then like just be sipping on my coffee Sunday, reflecting on a grateful universe. Yeah, the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're, just gonna, you're gonna be Thanos in the garden, dude. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna walk. <laughs> we'll make like a video of me walking outside, like brushing my hand against like the, like the grass. <laughs> it's like a Dogecoin. You're just like plucking from the from the seed, dude. <laughs> well, speaking. Well, you know, speaking of plucking from the seeds. We're returning to our roots here on this episode of the RVA Returners Podcast. It's not episode 100, just for, I mean, it is just for shits and giggles, but it's going to be more giggles than shits, because we are joined by, oh man, I, 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 had, I didn't think we'd be doing this again, but I guess I kind of knew because I wanted it to happen. They may not be Alphanad and Alizé, but they are the brothers' brothers, and I'm talking Adam and Andrew Lane, back again from the briny deep. Uh, boys, we haven't done this together since, what episode was it, Drew? What was your last episode? Uh, I couldn't even <laughs> tell you. Three? I'm just kidding. No, I'm, I'm just yet. kidding. <laughs> it's later than that. Maybe like 12? I don't know. Yeah, I, I know you were at least through the first dozen, but man, then, then life came at you and you know, you're still living life, but man... What a, what a treat it is to have you and John. We were saying that you're actually gonna you're getting you know a, a ringside seat to you know the way we used to do this. Uh, though uh, 
Drew, as you vividly put it, you know, before we started recording, we, we got our own mics now. We don't have to be huddled around on the couch at the coffee table with the uh, the old blue, oh, what was it, just a Yeti blue mic or whatever yeah. it is you had. Tom still uses that mic. I'm using it right now. Oh. That's what that's what yeah. we, we used. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm using now. What we used on the weekend, Chris. It's uh, a high quality mic. Don't this this podcast <laughs> is on the, you know, just made on the back of the blue Yeti. Not a spot. <laughs> Brought to you right. by yeah, Bitcoin, right, dude. What the hell? Jeez, no. One day, man. That's money. That's, Oh man, that'll be that'll, that'll pay for your next DoorDash meal. But boys, what I really wanted to do, you know, this episode is very special. It's uh, it, we, it's called Memory Lane for a reason, not just because we've got the two best lanes to ever be paved here on uh on the podcast. But boys, I just want to kind of talk about, you know, memories. You know, like I remember, like just when we started doing this, the whole idea was to like there wasn't really a whole lot of content. Um, like the only consistent stuff you had was Joseph here, um, maybe the Choker Bros, and then like maybe you'd catch wind of the uh, of the Crystal Tower from Alex Hancock's, right? But like there just wasn't much, and here we are, just a just a couple of old yahoos from Richmond, Virginia, trying to get into this game. Boys, tell me about like just just reminisce with me. Talk to me about the early years after I cracked this cold one. <laughs> I guess I was the first person to start playing, right, in our group. Well, I say play. Uh, got cards. Attained Opus 1 cards. Well, that uh, was the hard was, part, right? Yeah, it was pretty hard. Well, I, I didn't even think I was going to keep playing the game after that because it was so hard to find um, mm-hmm. the sets after that. Like, I, I got wave, a Wave 1 box. I got two Wave 1 mm-hmm. boxes. Um, and I remember, like, opening them with Matt. And uh, and it was cool, you know, like, because, but, you know, I didn't really understand the game at the time. I was still trying to, like, kind of figure out how to learn it. And then... I guess it was like not quite a year, but close to a year before I even really thought about the game again. And I think mm-hmm. we had seen that like the Opus Four pre-release was happening at Battlegrounds. Yeah, and that was when I reached out to you. You know, I mean, because uh, you know we were still talking and stuff, and I was like, "Hey, you know, I know you're playing Magic again. Mm-hmm. You know, this Final Fantasy game's looking looking pretty cool, and they're putting they're finally putting Final Fantasy Six characters in the game. I remember that was my selling point. And then, damn it, I'll be damned <laughs> you didn't strike, just strike gold because. You got me to play, and here we are. Yeah, and uh, and and the thing was too. I think uh, Battlegrounds is like one of the few places that actually had the pre-release, like even in mm-hmm. like Central Virginia. So I think like that's why Fredericksburg had come down. Yep. The same. That's what that's where you met like Curtis and all those guys yep. for the first time. Uh, Matt was playing. I think. I think Drew. Drew, did you come to that pre-release? I think I you did, were there, right? I did not. I did not I play the there. pre-release. Uh, okay. I actually started playing the game like three weeks before ARG Charlotte. And, and literally right. only learned the game to go to that initially. <laughs> Love that drive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I mean it turned in obviously a lot more than just the one the one tournament with a little trip with friends, I guess. And that's kind of where I met the same guys like Curtis and all the mm-hmm. other Fredericksburg people as well. Yeah, and let's so let's talk about that for a second. Let's uh, ARG Charlotte was like the first time we were like, oh shit, there's a because we talked about that a lot in the first episode of the podcast that. There's, there's, oh man, we finally get to have fun like California does. Um, <laughs> so, and it was what, a four hour drive? We piled up the car like we used to. And this time, Drew, I actually didn't kidnap you. You were a yeah. legal consenting Eagle. adult. Yeah. That's true. I think that was even mentioned in like the first two episodes of this podcast. It I, was. I'm aware of that joke, so it must have been, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's like the, the, like the icebreaker that me and Chris tell everyone. That's great. It's like, true. You know, I've known Chris for, oh my God. Uh, eighteen years. I've I've literally watched. I as weird as it sounds, I've literally watched you both grow up, and that's kind of a weird. Like I'm like a weird like 
uncle, stepdad, whatever you want to call it. But no, I've literally watched you both grow up, and that's 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 crazy to me. But in the best way. Good old uncle stepdad. <laughs> uncle stepdad. Yeah, my new favorite character, dude. Is. <laughs> Oh, Uncle Stepdad's at it again, dude. <laughs> That's right. Uncle Step, job creep. <laughs> but no, so like we, we we piled into the car, you guys, me, Matt, Jordan, and we went down to Charlotte. Uh, and Nathan and, Horn. Yeah. And Nathan uh, Horn, that's right. Uh, oh. uh, and he ended up doing better than all of us, which was oh, funny. Yeah. But uh, I remember me and Adam, like I remember we were testing and we were pretty hell-bent on playing that three-color monsters deck. But then well, uh, it was uh, it was it was two so, at the time. It was uh, Water right. Earth. It's Water Earth, yeah. But then, yeah, because, like the next night, I was well. Let's say the next night, I was like, man, this this is not my reading level, Adam. Yeah, yeah. I remember, like, you, you, I kind of figured you were gonna pull off of that deck. To be honest, it was like <laughs> when I when I start playing those decks, and we start as like a team deck. That's those tend to be the decks that you don't come like end up going with. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to play that style. It was kind of weird at the time, right? I mean, the monsters yeah. were like a new thing. Mm-hmm. Wasn't much interaction with them, which is why I liked them. You know, because mm-hmm. if, if they can't mess with my stuff, I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, you know, if I get to play solitaire, it's typically good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's not always the most interesting games to watch, for sure. Uh, and then I like a like a lot of people that were like watching my games didn't even know I had Earth cards in there, so I, that I yeah. kind of had that extra edge too, where like people wouldn't play around Shantotos. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd get them pretty bad, but this is—I mean, that's was, was early days. Yeah. yeah. And Drew, you were on a like you decided you wanted to play the the Okimoto list, the Earth uh, Ice list the with like Earth FF6 ice, stuff yeah. and uh, Vanille. Yeah, and I think Chris and I even ended ended up on the same deck, which is kind of hard for right? card because I was watching you beat the shit out of Fredericksburg guys, like with it because you and I had played it a couple times, and I was as you were as you were playing it at uh, at um, at your house. Um, I was like, man, I really like the way this deck plays. When you were just like using vanilla and Hecaton chairs and like yeah. playing all the six guys, and then and like Moon you were just pretty broken. Yeah. Oh my god, he was. But then, like, you were just crushing it in the lobby, and I remember going back upstairs. I was like, Adam, I think I'm gonna play this deck instead. <laughs> that sounds like a Chris Adams staple, right? Night before. Oh, dude, the Adams Audible. Famous baby. name for that, yeah. <laughs> That's Audible. right. The Adams Audible. We ended up all having a really solid uh, day of cards that week. And Drew, I think you what finished like just above 500, because that, which is awesome considering you'd picked up the game like 48 hours prior to that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I made the infamous mistake, which I think was also mentioned on the podcast, <laughs> swinging into Renault and dulling my whole board. So, oh yeah, you you made a big goof. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, it was fun. It was a load of fun. Uh, obviously, I enjoyed the game enough to to continue playing after that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, life happens and such, but I mean, I I truly enjoyed the time I spent for sure. Yep, and uh, and you know, and don't sell it short. The the last, the next few tournaments you went to, you ended up doing very well, including uh, winning, I believe, one or two of them, Drew, with the uh, with the uh, was it the memorial? It was the Memorial Day tournament or the Cookout tournament? Where it was one of the two, yeah, yeah, and it was me and you in the finals. And uh, boy, you were on that, you were on that three color monster deck, which you know became a just just an absolute ball buster. And I had the misfortune of playing, I mean, playing Mono Earth, which, I mean, got me to finals, but uh, I shouldn't have even shown up because you just, just <laughs> straight fucking dog-washed me in, like, two like two minutes. 
I had the luxury that that I think that tournament I won. The luxury I had there is you and Adam played the team deck that time. Both of you <laughs> played Mono Earth, so like yes. neither one of you had an answer for me. Um, which obviously, when it's mostly just the Richmond guys, that you neither one of you having an option obviously propelled me to victory. <laughs> well, yeah, I remember like playing that list a lot, and like Curtis played that deck a lot too. Like after he saw me play it, I think Curtis was on it pretty quickly, and we started like tooling that deck out a lot. And we always used to say, like, back then, man, if if my opponent starts slamming yellow cards against you, man, it's like, you know, you ever seen, like, the the, the wolf, like, when he sees, like, a pig or something? Like, it was like, it was like that. So, so like, you already knew. The game was over. Yeah, that didn't even matter. <laughs> you, you better have about 50 Psychob Warriors. It, it was rough. But, yeah, I mean, it, like, if you knew they were playing, like, just Mono Earth, it was... It was not a good look for them back yeah, then. That, that was a free matchup for sure. Yeah, yeah and and you, and you guys definitely made it look easy piloting that deck. But um, you know, kind of backing up a little bit. Um, now Drew, you you weren't able to go to uh, Boston with us for the Crystal Cup. I think you just I think you either had to work or you had something going on, or you just didn't want to go. I don't remember what <laughs> it was, but it could have been any of the above or a combination of all. all three, but uh, yeah. exactly. But uh, Adam and I went, and that was, I guess, our first real, our first real like taste of the community, right? Like this was the first big event. You know, me and John talked about this um, earlier, but like this is like this was the first big community North American event. Like you knew when you walked in there that like this this was going to be like the the grinders, the heavy hitters. Like this was going to be the community, the competitive community, and. Uh, well, hey, first of all, it was a just at what? How long was the drive, Adam? What, ten hours? Uh, hours? Hey, I think it was around ten. Definitely not as long as going to Indianapolis, but but it was up no. there. No, but we had a lot of fun, Adam. Just tell tell me some of your memories from the uh, the Boston Crystal Cup. Because I mean, John and I, I gush about this stuff like well, on I a weekly basis. Y'all y'all had a better performance than I did in the actual event. Uh, I remember like trying to. I should like. I, I'll. I'll always regret not playing three color monsters at that event. I think mm -hmm. um, because I. I had it sleeved up. I remember we. Remember we tested it the night before, mm -hmm. and I just wasn't super confident in the lines yet. Um, yeah. And like it was definitely like not a super easy deck to pilot. I mean, like a lot of times, yeah, you were playing by yourself. Like your opponent couldn't really interact with you, but you had to, like, know when to play what kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And at the time, like mono ice was like considered just really so good. clean just so um, clean. and i was just having better i felt like i was doing better with that list and so that's mm -hmm. what i took but do you remember um, your critical mistake with your list i didn't play thaumaturge <laughs> what i uh, tell you Ruthie. yeah it was that's, that's what you said <laughs> yeah, yeah I, that, that was a mistake not playing thaumaturge for sure i was like ah what does this do dude he, he's small he just discards a card that's not that great it's okay and then yeah i was i was super wrong um but yeah, I mean, it's, it was still fun, though, right? I mean, that was like the first time we got to meet pretty much everybody. Mm -hmm. um, I think I won the title tournament there. That was kind of cool. Nobody was really playing title at the time. Um, I think just the four of us in this podcast and like John C. <laughs> yeah. Ordi. I had to play yeah. against uh, Chocobo Joe. That was kind of fun. I played against him uh, for the first time in that like title tournament. I was just playing all the Ramses. I had like every friggin' Ramza known to man, dude. I was using Shout left and right. <gasps> it was good back then. You had like all the good summons too. Back I was then. playing. My whole thing was I wanted to play the most normal game of Final Fantasy, but still take advantage of like the rules. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I want good summons, good backups, and then 
100 rams <laughs> that was the uh that was the crappy thing because i you know i was always i always played final fantasy 7 like that that was what i wanted to do in title because it was just fun for me to play my favorite game and it was kind of like a talking point right like title was more just like kind of casual um at least still, i mean it's, it's, it's i'm pretty sure it's still... my favorite game <laughs> Yeah, uh, but like back then, dude, uh, the only summon Final Fantasy VII had access to was Neo Bahamut. Yeah, it's yeah, so bad, it's so bad. <laughs> or Bahamut Fury, yeah, yeah. I forgot <laughs> the name was so bad. It was one of the Bahamuts. Final Fantasy VII has like eight of them. So um, <laughs> I have a hard time believing that that is like an S card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The original Final Fantasy yeah. VII started. What, what is it like three or four now? Um. But yeah, I mean, it was still a lot of fun. Uh, really, back then, I think the deck was pretty much just like play as many Vincents as possible, yeah. and then and then death penalty people. So, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it, that tournament was a lot of a lot of fun, mostly just because of the community, just beating everybody, and then um, getting to watch you guys play in top cut the next day um, from yeah, the sideline. It was a lot of fun. I, I it still stands out as my uh, my favorite, you know, big uh, community event, but. If you want to dial it down to some of our favorite, you know, I guess smaller, more local events, but still got a lot of attention, the villain series events. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, we we can't lie, right? We all had a lot of fun at the Kefka Cup. You know, uh, Drew found the old. We were, we wanted to take a picture, and Drew saw the old the old scoop dog. Oh yeah. <laughs> Infamous yeah. at this point, right? That's yeah. right. We would have we would have missed it had Drew been like, "Yo, look like- at that thing." Nothing like dinner at an Applebee's and then taking a random picture in front of a snowplow. That's the uh, like the pinnacle of the FFTCG early day experience, dude. Dude, uh, right? Yeah. That's where we well, came from, we... dude. Applebee's and snowplows. That's right. Well, dude, and we I, I still have that picture on my phone, and like that whenever I would post something on FFDEX, like weekly results or you know anything, that's the picture I would use, like for for any of our content. So. Like I picked, you know, and that, again, it was just a good time. You know, again, I, I have a long storied card game history with this, these boys. So anytime, anytime we get to go and recreate some of that, like it makes me feel like a kid again, and I always enjoy it. And uh, you know, when we're talking about these villain series, I think one of the, one of my favorite podcasts that we did early on. Do you remember the uh, the five color ninjas fucking round table extravaganza? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I do. Right, so the tournament before that uh-huh. which was what was that? Not Kefka. It was the one after that. Uh, Zorn and Thorn. Zorn and Thorn. Yeah, it's. I'd say that was probably my most memorable game of Final Fantasy, which was me and Hunter, top four, mm-hmm. uh, both on three color monsters. And I think I think that was that was probably like my most grueling match, I guess you would say. Um, mm-hmm. And then that's because you guys were both on the the ice water six list, which was just yeah. Like and a- I got destroyed. I O two drop that tournament. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, and then I had to play Adam, and Adam ended up knocking me out. But I mean, that tournament. I mean, that's when I was probably at my best was in that that area of the game. I would say. Yeah. Well, absolutely, man. Because you again, you knew how to play that deck very, very well, and. I think any time you played that deck in a tournament, you were you were top four or better. I believe so, yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, I, while we're I talking, more... go, uh, go ahead. Go I was going to say while we're talking about that tournament, Drew, I think you were back there after top four. You were doing commentary with me, and there was like the squirrel in the roof or something in the back room, and like the ceiling like burst. Or <laughs> I don't know if, if you were back something there. If you... Fell from the ceiling. Yes. <laughs> yes. What? 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 The, the now defunct pocket games. Know. 
dude, like there was a whole, like there was a, a, a critter's nest in, in, in the back room. Cause remember where we were doing commentary, like in like the pickup yeah, like, window kind of thing. <laughs> it was like the drive through or some shit. Yes. Oh my God. And, and I think they maybe had a total of about four ceiling tiles installed. And Just one drive through commentary, baby. Yeah, people people nice. usually remember the the refrigerator. They forget about the drive through, dude. That's that's the old original classic. Dude, the dude, fridge, no. dude, yeah, yeah, or the dog, dude, that too, yeah, <laughs> the shop dog. <laughs> but uh, I I have dog. more, I have more memories of the first of it actually, because uh, I think like the match between me and Danny will probably be something I never forget, where we just the stared stare at each down, other, dude, because we 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 was. both forgot whose turn, <laughs> yes. or we both thought we had like passed the turn, but like. I guess I never did. Yeah. Like, so we just I, stared at each other for like, until Chris was like, hey, uh, whose turn is it? Yeah, I, I worry if I wouldn't have sat down, we'd probably still be there at that final round. <laughs> probably not wrong. <laughs> just staring. It would have gone so to funny. double lost time, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. So Drew's like, no, we wouldn't have, because they would have both been told to fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I just remember that tournament, too. Uh, everybody, like, we'd always push Dottaluma forward, and they'd be like, yeah. are you attacking? And I'd be like, yeah. And they're like, well, you got to turn it sideways. I'm like, no, because we had Cyan <laughs> out, and they forgot he was Cat 6. Oh, dude, that's so many times. Dude, I forgot he was Cat, but, you know, speaking of, you know, you know, me and Drew played the Earth Ice list, I don't think I searched Dottaluma a single time with uh, Banana Sid. Because I forgot he was category six when I was playing, like just in the heat of the game. During, uh, I mean, I still had a great day, but it was like, man, if I, I, I think I would have like not, my games wouldn't have been as close in some rounds had I like just went ahead and searched Dottaluma. But no, yeah, no, people forgot. Like I think just people, because at that time, like six was still new in the game, and mm-hmm. people like there's still a lot of people that didn't understand, like didn't know really Final Fantasy six. Because I mean, that's an old man's game, right, John? Yeah, <laughs> great. Yeah, yeah, it's an old man's game. It's an old man's game. No, no but uh, no wimps. But no, I mean, and then Adam Drew, and then and then and then and then and then stand then. Now just starting to stammer here because Adam, you continue to play, but Drew, you uh shortly after I want to say the Memorial Cookout event, you had uh you you got off the ride. Um, I was so jealous of that event. Oh man! I wanted so to go great. to that event so bad, dude. We need to have a cookout tournament so bad. We do. Right, we so definitely we do. No, 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 no. I no, I agree with you one hundred percent. We need to just have just get the whole gang back together. This is just the but, FOMO uh, section of the cast for me, dude. <laughs> dude, right? And, and I hope you've got your feet up now when you're drinking. Oh, they're your up. Coffee. They're up, dude. They're up. If not, Beautiful. just because I need to elevate my ankle. <laughs> man, dude, yeah, your your ankle's not looking great, but Drew. Why don't you go ahead and t- tell everybody who's listening, like, like what you, what have you been up to since the cast? What have you been up to since you played the game? So, yeah, I mean, so the reason I mostly stopped playing is uh, I had Twin Girls, obviously. I think we talked about that on, like, maybe the last cast I did. Yeah, your you're Gone Fishing episode. Yeah, so um, just been kind of being a family man, Guile style, I guess. Oh, nice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think if, obviously, the pandemic wasn't happening, uh, I, I was still coming out to Tuesdays every now and yep. then, and uh, mm-hmm. playing just other people's decks and stuff, and still enjoying the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, fun fact: last last match I've ever played of this game is against mm-hmm. John Schreiner. Dude, that match I was just about to say that was so fun. We were both like, "We're done with this tournament, bro." Uh, we we had the time of our life playing a match that didn't matter, 
And at the very end of it, we were like, (laughs) we were like, you ready to go get a drink, bro? (laughs) The old drunk drop, day. We had a great day. I don't. We just didn't have a good day of cards, dude. True, true, but we true. had a great day. Yeah, that, that's so funny. That was your last game. I love that. It's my last match of Final Fantasy ever. Memorable. Um, it's so funny how it just came full circle. And he won, dude. He crushed me. Of course he did. It was laughable. So, so At least he say, bought me a beer. Yeah, exactly. You say full circle, which is ironic, right? Because in what was that? A Crystal Cup, I think. Yeah, it was. It was uh, either the Petite Cup or the Crystal Cup that we had here in Richmond because we had both. I, I played Earth Ice. That's so funny. That is so funny. So yeah, you like, sure as fuck did. You sure so did, because that's what I, you wanted. Yeah. You wanted to go out on a bang. So it's like, I, I literally came full circle, right? And, that's and played so the funny. deck that I started on and didn't do quite as well, or maybe just as well as I did. Maybe I should have just, I hit my peak <laughs> too early. Maybe that was the problem. <laughs> you should have just, just uh, sleeved up the old Opus 5 three-color monsters. It's like taking the <laughs> old Camaro exactly out the of the garage for a spin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I should have played the Twins deck, best deck of the game, right? Dude, yeah, that's right. Because there was a when I went to the uh, the Ohio Petite Cup, you guys actually had a Richmond local, and you, didn't you? You played against Hunter Nansen finals, didn't you? You were on Palum and Porum, right? So no, not finals, but maybe top cut. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, I, I that's pretty much after the three color monsters was just like not good anymore. Mm-hmm. I mostly played yeah, like a fire water Twins deck. Mm-hmm. Comet baby. Or tried to make it work to the best of my ability. I mean, we talked about title earlier. I mean, that is my favorite Final Fantasy for, mm-hmm. and well, uh, yeah, I know, right? Um, well, <laughs> well, you'd but, be happy to know that there's a lot of super competitive four decks now. So yeah, I mean, all I did was just comment as much as humanly possible. <laughs> you did it a lot, but no, nah, man. But yeah, it was it was sad to see you get off the uh, the old ship here. But you know, Adam and I persevered forward. We, uh, you know, we would continue on having guests every once in a while, um, and then we would continue to go to tournaments. And after that, that, um, you know, we kind of talked about the uh, the stress of that first competitive season, that real competitive season where it was it was tough watching everybody around me qualify for nationals and me finish second pretty much every time. And um, yeah, and that was another thing that brought me back, right? So the girls mm-hmm. were born. Uh, and I only went to Virginia Beach to block. <laughs> I remember that. With his goalie gear on, bro. <laughs> That's right. I was, like, strapped up, helmet on. I'm here to scoop to Chris and, and beat everyone else. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, pr- pretty sure you, you beat me. I yeah, with the first elk. Yeah, Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like, think that was the, yeah. I had, like, one loss. I think my only loss was Drew, and I didn't yeah. make top cut. Oh, that man. was a tight one, though, wasn't it? Like that was such a tight event. Super tight, yeah. Because I think that was the one where me and I think me Danny. and Danny were in the yep. finals. Yeah, like yep. I, I, I think my only loss is I was undefeated going into the last round where I played against Danny, and I lost to Danny in, in the finals in the final round of Swiss. Then top cut, blasted my way to top cut, had to play against Danny. Game three, and I'll never forget, dude. The moment I lost that game was I didn't realize he had two cards in his hand. And I swung with Swall just right into Yashola, and I was like, what the yeah. did I just do? Like, literally, <clears throat> to the, I just sent that game into the in fucking orbit. I punted it so hard. But Yeah, it was, it was rough. I mean, it, it was, even though, like, all that stuff happened, it was, you know, it was rough. Like, uh, I remember all, being with you at all those tournaments. But I feel like even though you fell a little short of Nats, Nats was still fun. I had a great time. Having, having you there. 
Yeah. Yeah. And like, I also didn't feel bad. Like I didn't feel too terribly bad because it was like, well, I don't, I, I guess I had nothing to prove because I think I proved my consistency the entire year. Mm-hmm. Like it was like undefeated in Swiss almost every time I'm, I'm in the finals every fucking time, but it's like, I just, I can't, I can't finish my plate. I just, I leave that one Brussels sprout on there and I'm like, I'm good. You know, that's literally what I did every tournament, but we still had a really good time that season. Nationals was a lot of fun. Like that was, I think to me, nationals and Gen Con were yeah. probably I'll, the most fun events that year. I'll never forget Gen Con. If anything, yeah. it's because of the civil war letter you wrote on the back. Of your, uh, Dude, we were talking, card. me and John were talking about that earlier, man. Let's let's go ahead. Dude, so let's talk about Gen Con real quick, Adam. So we drove like late. We didn't get there till like like four or five in the morning. And we've mm-hmm. got uh, the North Carolina guys, um, Joe and Santos. And like those guys were like, you guys want a drink? And what the fuck do I say? Yeah, yeah I right. want a drink. <laughs> right. I don't turn down alcohol. So we uh we we were almost no sleep. We go in there, Adam, and just and just tell me about your experience here at Gen Con. Uh, so I'm trying to remember what constructed was day one. No, it was sealed. Sealed was the first one. Okay, yeah. So you did, I mean, because you did that shit on almost like no sleep. Yeah. So I, like you know, I mean, sealed like limited. I play limited pretty much any card game I get into. I usually try to play limited unless it's just really bad. Um, and I think Final Fantasy, at least when I played, I can't speak for it much now because I haven't played limited Final Fantasy in quite a bit. Well, it was actually a lot of fun. Uh, I felt like there was a lot of decisions you had to make, especially in that set, honestly, unless you got lucky. But Yeah, and that was um, what, Opus 6? 7? Seven? Uh, whatever set the, le- the, the Blink Renoa is. So maybe that is Opus 6. That might okay. be 6, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it, had, to know, it had Renoa, it had Nidhogg. Yeah. It had um, all like the really good rare summons, like Ramu. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leviathan, all the Final Fantasy Seven summons, yep. like that whole package. I, yeah, I think you might be right. It might have been six. Um, and there was like a lot of good commons and rares, which was kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. in that set, like you had like the Paladin, which I remember being kind of like a pretty big boss. Yeah, he was pretty hard to take down. The dragons um, were really good. In that like set. the dragons, the you had the YRP stuff mm-hmm. that the only legend was Iena. I think you could just play Pain or Riku. They were both rares, mm-hmm. if I remember right. Yep. Um. And I remember so, yeah. that because I literally had every single package, every piece of every package in my yeah, uh, yeah, I remember too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah, I mean, like we, you know, we were doing side by side stuff, and I remember you, you always talk about how you don't really like sealed much. It's, mm-hmm. it's not really like a, a hidden thing. Um, and you were talking about right. like whether or not you're going to drop, and I was like, well, you paid for it, you know, you should should play. Like I even encourage you to play. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then like I remember you're like just pulling your stuff, and you're like, every time you pull something, it was like you. It was pretty crazy, and then I, like it was so crazy that you wrote on the back <laughs> the note because uh, you had like Nidhogg, you had Renoa, you had two pieces I, of YRP. I had, had I had three pieces of YRP. You had Yuna too. I had, I had yeah, I had. The I don't even remember the Yuna. I, yeah, I remember the cipher package. I don't remember the Yuna because I don't think I ever saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, and then had all the dragoons, all the summons. Yep, yep. Like the dragoons and the summons and and the standard units, like you know that that's pretty common because they're commons and rares. But like having two legends like Renoa and Nidhogg, like having the ability to even do that combo, even uh, Nidhogg like alone, just Nidhogg, yeah, just Nidhogg is is nuts, right? Because you're yeah. you're playing removal that like there's no way they're gonna be able to really answer that, and and there's a body on it. Who cares that you're paying mm-hmm. nine? Yep. Um. Usually he just won the game on the spot. Mm-hmm. Uh. 
and like you know the fact that on top of that now you have like Renoa, and then Cipher was pretty hard to block too, uh, in, in a sealed format, even though he's kind of small. The L six K. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had a good pack of cards too, but most of mine were like of the common and rare variety. I had like I remember like Militesi Coral was a big thing for me. Yeah. Like I remember, I remember beating Andy Carmona in like four turns because mm-hmm. I had double Militesi Coral, and uh, he couldn't really do anything about it. Um, that was on stream, if I remember right. I believe uh, it was. Then, yeah, yeah, and then I think uh, I even beat or did I beat him? No, no, he he was definitely the one seed. David, uh, I think David was my only loss in Swiss. Mm-hmm. And then it made it back to top cut. Um, and then I kind of battled my way, and then he was winning. Because, I mean, like, his, like, not only was his list good, like, he had put in the work. Like, this dude mm-hmm. had spreadsheets. Like, David came to play. Like, it wasn't yeah. like the list straight carried amazing him there. Amazing sealed, amazing um, sealed player. Like, he, he knew what he was doing. Um, and then he didn't, like, just throw decks or throw cards in the deck for no reason. Mm-hmm. But then I remember it was funny because during day one, he mentions that someone like wrote a note on the back of his deck, his card list, and I'm like, "Oh my god, he's got Chris's cards! Like this is crazy. This is to be like my main competition, and like Chris is the one that gave him the cards. It's like such like it's just a story that you'll never forget." And then not right. only that, then we play each other in finals, and I proceeded to get stomped. Like it, like I was doing really good until the very end of that tournament where I had a game where I drew dead, and then I had a game where he was just able to remove all my stuff and then Did slam you have a game. Up where you went turn one go to discard yeah because so uh paul was in that set and uh i was mostly in water and lightning but i had played just enough wind to uh to play paul mm. i might have been in four colors actually i think i might have had like a splash of wind and a splash of something else just to be able to play some like more powerful cards mm. and uh i just had a hand like after mulliganing i had a hand where I literally couldn't really play anything. Uh, so I had to move to discard. I think I discard like a 1CP Evoker because they had just like reprinted those. And I think it was the Wind one. Yeah, because I think I had like a Sand... I think my hand was like Leviathan, Leviathan, Ramu. I think it was like two Leviathans, two Ramus, and then like Wind Evoker and like something else I couldn't play. And I had to like move to discard and I discarded like the Wind Evoker. Yeah. Oh, man. So that was pretty rough. But I mean, I still got second. It's still a good day. Yeah. And then uh, Constructed didn't do as high. I think I was playing the Orianje deck at the time. You were, yeah. You are playing the JFB Orianje stuff, yeah. Which was another deck that I really enjoyed playing a lot. Uh, and then you were on Turbo, but we didn't really realize that uh, we were on the worst version of Turbo at the time. Dude, we were not playing Canadian Turbo. We were still playing, like, that Taiwan Turbo that... And we were, and we were, we had like our tech choices though. I will admit, Sid Randall put in work for me that day because mm-hmm. um, I did make the top cut for that day. Um, but yeah, dude, we learned that day that fucking deep ground soldiers. Yo, know, we learned that's what was up with Turbo. Yeah, because that's where we met Jordan Dank and JG Fitness, and they fucking they showed us what was up. They they show they showed North America what uh, you know what what ice hockey's really all about, you know what I mean? Right, yeah, they def- it was definitely like the far superior version. They had already figured out something further than anybody else had. It was awesome. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw it, and I was like, yep, that's way better than what we're doing. Yeah, well, the first time, because I remember when, when Oki was like, yo, they got deep ground soldiers in their list, and we were like, what the fuck is that? And then they played it, and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, they're going to they're search, they're going to hold that search on the stack, and they're going to fucking double Gasper, and we were just like, that's such a simple thing. Why was nobody thinking of that? Mm-hmm. 
Like yep. nobody was thinking about it, but they were. And then they just the the just that one piece of advantage was it snowballed so much. It was so nuts, dude. And of course, that wasn't the only deck that popped up there. I really enjoyed the rebels, the Sid Two Rebel stuff that the uh, Wellsbachers were on. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, it didn't really do much after that. I mean, like mm-hmm. you saw Sid Two um, yeah. in other decks. You still see Sid Two every once and again. Uh, that's that's cool. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm sure there's like more one CP options he's, now, right? Well, now he's he's in, and he's also in the Citadel. You can't play Sid dot deck oh, with that. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah. So, so Drew, you'll probably like this. There's finally a super playable version of Sid Paladina. Because okay. there's a uh, there's an engineer's deck from this new set. We call it the Citadel, like Rick and Morty. It's just it's a deck full of Sids, and this guy literally just is a backup that just searches an engineer. So it, it's the best the best Sid has ever looked. Wrenches up. <laughs> nice. But yeah, yeah I mean, man. Go ahead. That, like, I went to Gen Con the next year too. Gen Con treated me pretty well. Honestly, when mm-hmm. it came to this game, I didn't really like. I'm not a big fan of like board games and stuff, to be honest. So I'm not, when I was going to Gen Con with you, like I know you would kind of venture off and do other stuff. I was there just for the Final Fantasy card mm-hmm. game. Um, well, yeah, second year of Gen Con, dude. Well, you fucking like <laughs> that was. A, you, I mean, you you had another monster performance, man. Another top four in a room full of killers. Um, I'm I'm going to take credit for Cody's victory too. I'm, I'm just going to take credit for that. There you go. Because you told him to put some things yeah, back in the deck, didn't like, uh, on the drive to, like, right before the event started. Yep, we're all it's like, I, it's like I got, it's like, I got one, one slot left. What should I put in here? And he's, like, looking at these cards. And I was like, I was like, you better put Sid Alstain in there. And then uh, Sid Alstain proceeded to beat me in game two or three. And then it beat uh, McGinty in finals. Yep. So. Because when he, yeah. he like dumped his hand to play the Yzmat and uh, Cody like top decked the Sid Allstain and was like, boop. Yeah, but Cody played damn good that weekend too. I mean, he was in a field full of Rikus. Yeah, so which is which was amazing because that like that was the most unfair thing going into that tournament, right? Oh, it was super um, unfair. I was pretty clear anytime like after I won or whatever on stream and they interviewed me. Uh-huh. Uh, I remember like the hot topic at the time was like, what, should we ban it or not? And I was like, yeah, this is like, you know. It, uh, my argument was it gave you the illusion that you were playing odd like turbo, but you weren't mm-hmm. playing. You weren't True. playing. Riku was just slowly beating you. And there were some counters yeah. and stuff, but it was rough. No, absolutely. And, and that year, my Gen Con second year wasn't nearly as uh, good. I mean, I was on the bubble. I uh, I remember playing a win and in against Alejandro, which mm-hmm. was still one of my favorite games, a Final Fantasy trading card game to this day, because, I mean, we had everybody around us just fucking dying from the shit we were saying to each other, if you can imagine. Um, but I was playing the FF8 Fire Ice, like, pretty much turbo. And, like, the funny thing is, like, Cody like Cody straight up said, I'm glad I did not run into you in that tournament, because, like, I proceeded to just straight wax his ass for, like, like four hours straight the night before, right? He just he couldn't do anything, and... Like I felt very calm. That's why I played that deck. I, I played none of the decks I brought with me. I literally opened up Cody's six suitcases of cards and built Fire Ice FF8 on the spot. And it was fine. My losses were very narrow, but all of my wins, I won every round before I got the match slip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you're a fan of decks like that. Dude, I love, I'm, I'm an aggro guy, man. Like, if I can goldfish it and it tells me what I'm doing on the first couple turns, it's a deck for me. You know what I mean? Mm. But yeah, I mean, but, other, other than that, like, you know, I don't know. I, I felt like I had a pretty decent short-lived career. 
Um, yeah, well, um, well, and that kind you're of, a legend, we brother. Tr- well, <laughs> you are, and and Adam, to kind of wrap up here because we're coming down, uh, we're coming down the home stretch of your journey because after during this time while we're playing in tournaments, you know, we're doing the podcast, we kind of start creating additional content. Um, and we tried some stuff early, like the battle arena thing, where I'd be sitting there reading your like Marvel chess magazines or whatever they were. And we remember those? <laughs> I forgot so about that part, that. but yeah, I remember that. So high we had those. Quality. We had those early. Like, do what, Drew? The production value on that was high quality. Dude, it was Hell real yeah. high. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I we did we these, like the first one of those after two or three casts. So we did like yeah. two or three episodes in a row. Hmm. And then did one of those YouTube videos. Yeah, we were. <laughs> it was fun. I, I did. I did enjoy doing that stuff because like nobody was doing it really. So mm. and that's and we kind of during that time, we started kind of venturing down the content creation path, not just the podcast, because the podcast that first year was really picking up steam, man. It wasn't until uh, the Kansas City Crystal Cup. That first year where people were like, oh, shit, you're the returners. You're the returners. And I remember the first time I met Cody, he uh, he whispered in my ear, where's top eight Johnny? <laughs> Dude, it was so funny. And that, and like it was so cool, like being pulled around and like we'd be sitting somewhere and someone would like either like you and me would be talking and someone would be like, I know that voice. Where's he at? You know what I mean? Like we got a lot of that. And but we were doing the content creation stuff. Uh, we were doing deck profiles, which uh, our deck profiles are still some of our, our highest you know viewed videos on the YouTube channel. Um, but then we had the and we started uh, doing uh, you know our local events at Battlegrounds, but we started streaming them. Um, and we would get Adam. How, I mean, you you were more into the uh, you know the numbers and the work of everything. So what uh. About how many viewers did we average for like just a random like the Memorial Day tournament, whatever? About how many it, viewers did we get? It was like a monthly. I think sometimes we'd get like between seventy and a hundred, some, something like that. Uh, it depends. Yeah. I mean, so, sometimes it would be like as low as like 35, 40 people, but sometimes it would climb up to seventy to. I think and then like a couple of them we had like a hundred viewers. I mean, those are basically I mean, crystal cool. cup numbers, so it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I remember like one time I think uh, Lockwood ordered us a pizza through the stream. How great was that? Yeah, Lockwood uh, and Rice. They were like, "Hey, we got lunch incoming, boys," and we were like, I "What was in Fredericksburg?" Yeah, I think that was in Fredericksburg. We were streaming like um the 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 like cup, the, the, the yeah. Travis's event, the uh, mm-hmm. the Cauldron Cup. Yep. Yeah, and uh, I think we like Lockwood and Rice were in the stream, and they like asked us what we wanted on our pizza. It got pizza delivered to the card shop. Dude, it was, uh, which so was great. pretty cool. That was some um, VIP service. Yeah, That's I mean incredible. the community. Yeah, community for the game is awesome, right? I mean, mm-hmm. um, well, I think that's what keeps the game alive, to be honest. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. And we're gonna get, and we're gonna get to that. Um, yeah. I gotta flail my hands in the air like Stone Cold does on a on Broken Skull sessions. But uh, so that second year after we started doing, um, you know, we had kind of made a pivot because we had the opportunity to Terry oh. for Square Enix. <laughs> I think you cut off there for Sorry. a second. Yeah, you cut you go off. Again. We had the oh. opportunity to. We had the opportunity to start doing a commentary for Square Enix at official mm-hmm. events, um, and it was mostly the East Coast stuff. You know, I remember we got we got the call, the the red phone rang, and the bat signal went up, <laughs> and we got to do the uh, the Tampa Crystal Cup. That was really our first official Square event, mm-hmm. um, and that was a lot of fun. I do remember having just a really really good time doing that. Um, granted, the store was kind of small because that was the year where they kind of made it. I mean, 
they started doing it prior, but like every Crystal Cup in year, uh, technically it's year three, but it was a proper year two, really, when you talk about just the size of the game. Um, everything was kind of like, you know, I don't want to say carte blanche, but it's like, hey, man, go ahead and do the, uh, you got a store? We'll put it in, you know, maybe we'll let you do it. Maybe we'll let you do it. Like you just kind of started, you know, everyone just kind of started going into business for themselves, essentially. And like the, the mm-hmm. Crystal Cups were all in different locations. Um, but, um, so the store we were at, I guess where I was going with that was, I said all that to say this, the store we were at where we were doing the commentary was not that big for a crystal cup. And I felt like we were like, I felt like I was sitting over top of the first, like, you know, the top table, right? I mean, Grant, I'm being way facetious, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I had to make sure I remember like setting up because I wanted to make sure that like they couldn't hear us stuff like that. Cause um yeah i mean that that year like I'll, i guess i'll start this with this is um i started to realize like even with fighting games and stuff right like um i'm an analytical type person that's mm-hmm. just me it's how i like look at things a lot of times if i can yeah. boil something down to like numbers and you know look at it that way like that's just mm-hmm. how i do it um and so like even fighting games i mean at this point i'm just a fan right i, I still watch um but like you know when i got to commentate the locals back here I mean, you know, never really did anything with it other than like I think I was on Spooky like one time when mm-hmm. when he did uh, one of Robin's events. But uh, you know, I, I love doing that stuff because you know I don't have to worry about the pressure of playing. It's more just like analyzing uh, the game itself and like looking what other people are doing and and mm-hmm. seeing how they kind of make their decisions. And I love doing stuff like that. And then like when it's like me and you paired up, like um, you're you're more, you're like you're a color guy, right? Like we were so like Jr. Kind of, and the King, man. It was great. <laughs> So it kind of just works. Mm-hmm. It's like I I can sit there and just talk about the cards, and before I get too boring and everybody falls asleep, you know, you're there to like kind of kind of pick them back up. Um, yeah, so yeah, there's a lot the of real fun. where we met in the middle was where you and I were like calling plays, like we we knew what was going to happen, right? Yeah. So we're like, oh, they just do this, do this. They're going to flip this. Uh, though we though none of us could call the uh, the Hunter Nance top decks at the uh, the Richmond <laughs> Petite Cup, by the way. But we'll get yeah, to that. Yeah, pretty wild. It's pretty wild. But yeah, I think I had realized that year that I kind of just wanted to focus more on the content stuff because I was having more fun mm-hmm. doing that and like just kind of building more decks that might not necessarily been you know top super top tier. Even though I was still looking at that stuff too, um, and trying mm-hmm. to like look at how the meta broke down, but just playing stuff and and seeing what other people were playing and and kind of talking about that stuff and then streaming events so like most of my play i think during that time was just local stuff and, and gen con gen con was like your only major that you well, played in by the way and that was yeah. that added to the mystique so gen know? con was kind of i had already kind of made the decision by gen con right that like mm-hmm. that was probably going to be it um maybe, maybe a little bit after gen con but i was kind of already feeling it like i only played in gen con because i wasn't there to work gen con and we were already going I was yeah. like, screw it, I'll play, see what happens. Like, you know, what if I get, you know, maybe I'll get worlds or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, fuck, you were so close. I was close, but you know, it was like I said, Cody. Cody had a really good day. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, I mean, I kind of set myself up to do all that, and then it kind of got stressful. Honestly, you know, I don't, I don't envy what John does now. You know, I know, I know what John does because I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and y'all are killing it now too, which is awesome to see. You know, I could kind of take a little bit of pride in that, and I know well, I picked. I know be. I like left you it to should, the right, dude. You should, yeah. So, well, yeah, and make no bones about it. I tell John the same way I tell you. I'm not savvy with all this shit. I'm an idea guy. I say, hey, can you try? Can you do this? Is this feasible? No. Okay. Well, let's try like this instead. Right. What do you think? Right. You know, that's what I bring to the table. I'm not. I'm not a technology. You're pretty guy. reasonable, Chris. I don't know if I've ever had to tell you no. 
Yeah, I mean, well, I think we had one episode title where I was like, that's the one. You were like, nope. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. You said, nope, not happening. I was like, sometimes you sure? Sometimes you just need right. a hard pedo. Yeah, and I said, but you yeah, sure? You said, yeah. It's a healthy flex. It's a healthy checks and balances. Yes. But yeah, it's it's a lot of work. And then, like, I mean, you know, we weren't 100% prepared for everything I think we had to deal with that year. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think, you know, I set some goals for myself, and I wasn't able to really attain those. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of wore me down. And it, it just kind of got to the point where I was like, I think I just need to, like, get away. Uh, and then that kind of involved, like, if I had to fully get away, I could, like, I had the cars had to go, too. So yeah. it, it, was, it had really nothing to do with the game. You know, and then a little bit I play the game now. It's It's still awesome. I uh, wish they would support it more than they do. I'm sure that's like beating a dead horse at this point, but uh, but yeah, I mean, and I'm glad for all the people that I met and you know, the friends that I made, which is pretty yeah, awesome. They, they're still around, like you know, you're you know, you you've taken on the nickname, uh, you know, given lovingly by Curtis Kang, the innovator. <laughs> um, so it's become kind of the running joke when you pop up. It's like, oh shit, is Adam Lane back? Is the innovator back? Um, I think they would do that with anybody, though. I think that's just how this community is. Honestly, I don't. Yeah. I don't think that's a me thing. I think, I think they just want people playing game. They want, you know. I think if they, well, if it's somebody they like, they want them playing the game because they, you know, they want to sell the game to people, and then that's a good thing. So, absolutely. And uh, so you know, Adam, we're we're going to be wrapping up here in a second. So go ahead and tell go ahead and tell everybody what you know, kind of what you're doing right now. Uh, so, I mean, I, I do do another podcast now, which I mm-hmm. uh, started doing with Mike Byrne, who also plays the card game, mm-hmm. uh, about, gosh, I guess it's been like four months now. No, five months, five months. Yeah. The relic grind, right? Yeah. Uh, so we talk mostly about Square Enix stuff. The card game comes up sometimes, uh, mostly Final Fantasy 14 stuff, which I still play pretty much every day. Uh, although it's coming, the content drought's about to hit before the expansion comes out, so. Mm. I'm gonna try to start playing other stuff, but yeah, I mean, I'm still doing that. Other than that, you know, just recently got a job again, I'm working. Nice, um, surviving just, as Drew so eloquently yeah, put yeah. it. I, I am, I am surviving. <laughs> Didn't oh. die. Way to go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. So now I'm gonna ask you guys. I'm gonna ask each of you. We're gonna start with uh, you, Adam, and we're gonna we're gonna, let, we're gonna save Drew for last because we we've had the longest lack of Drew. Um, Adam, what? To this day, what is your favorite card in the Final Fantasy trading card game? Oh man! So like the one that I, like the one that brings you like the most feeling, the like the one when, like when you like pull it out of a like if you're looking at it, you're, it starts making you're reminding you of things or you know. So I, I feel obligated to say like the starter Arianje. I know I, mm-hmm. I think there's more than one now, but I'm talking about the original one. Yeah. Um, that was like a really big. I, I I remember just putting that guy in like almost everything, just because like I I don't know I like monster cards, mm-hmm. um and and then like I like Final Fantasy fourteen, Orion J is probably like my favorite sign. I think Okimoto has a signed Orion J, mm-hmm. my name on it, pretty sure. Yep. Um, I think Greg Cole might too. I'm trying to remember what card I signed for Greg. I don't remember. It, it might be Orion J also. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that's uh. That's probably my favorite card, just for those reasons. It's and probably not that powerful a, anymore, but I mean, it's still okay. But um, what I, I don't know. I think the game has kind of moved on from that. But I think it will always. It, it's definitely one of those like Hall of Fame cards, right? Mm-hmm. And did you have a favorite deck that you played? Hundred percent three color. It was three color monster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a low hanging fruit because I feel like Drew's going to say the same thing. But, I mean, um, that like that deck. Um, when I first like. 
Yeah, when I first started playing it, like I re- that's when like that was the first deck that like felt like it like called to me. I guess mm-hmm. like I I liked what I was doing. Like I I was a big fan of the monster cards when they came out. I I remember just like always going back to try to play monsters even after like it was hard harder to do. Um, yeah, I loved Mono Water Monsters. That was that was one of my favorite decks. And yeah, Gal. Like I'm not even really like Gal as a character in Final Fantasy VI. Is probably like one of my least favorite characters, but as a card in the well, game, I loved his card. I love that card. So good. Yeah, I love that card. Um, but yeah, as a character, like yeah, I care less about Gal really. <laughs> But as a card in the game, I thought he was awesome. I liked, I just liked what he did, and he and he did stuff with cards that I liked. So, absolutely. And then, last question before we move over to Drew: Do you have a favorite episode of the podcast that we did? Oh man, the the three the five color Ninja Bloods kind of rings in my brain. I think uh, instantly. That, that's yeah, definitely one. I, I remember when you were talking about how if you could go uh, Orin into Big Tuna into something, you were going <laughs> to get on the table and start tap dancing. I believe was. <laughs> Were your exact yeah. words. I, I did that exactly one time and unsleeved the deck immediately. <laughs> yes. Because you just not play Orton. Just don't yeah, do and it. I, and I think you did it against and I think you did it against me. I think um, it was, but it was but it wasn't it was like a test game, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we were yeah. like at it it was like I think it was at like your table or maybe it was at uh, Adam like Adam Duncan's when we were testing there. I don't remember. Yep. But I think yeah. I just, I remember playing, I had the hand for it. I had Orin and like Katuna in my opening hand. I'm like, I'm keeping this. If he kills Orin, I'm probably just dead. And I remember playing Orin like turn one and then doing it. And like, that was it. I, I don't even know if I won the game. I probably lost. I, I, I like, don't remember, but I know like you, you didn't care anymore after that first turn. Moral so, victory. And I will say this, Adam. Uh, so that was, so that was your favorite. That was one of your favorite episodes. Of course, it was a, it was a great time with uh, yeah, it was the first time we had Johnny and Sarah on, and we were just talking about you know we were talking about uh, false, Danny, false. Adam Duncan, and Austin's uh, time in Toronto. They went because they went to the Toronto Crystal Cup. But uh, I will say, I think you know to share my favorite card game memory with you as far as a uh, um, Final Fantasy, it has to be um, it's it, it's it's a tie actually. It was the us playing in top eight of that first uh lcq where it was pretty oh, much that was the, hilarious. The, the toxic yeah. turbo mirror <laughs> the turbo mirror but we were just talking shit and laughing the entire time exactly yeah. that was absolutely fun and then the other one was uh when i kept blocking your fucking ninja with celis oh <laughs> yeah i forgot I about it that. like four fucking times and you were like chris by the third time you were like chris what the fuck are you doing it's the same card <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was there, so there, there was probably drinks involved in that too uh the gladiolus is another one too that was, that not a, was local a good event. time i think yeah. that was like a 50 card stack or something it, probably, it was probably 50 probably an exaggeration but it was we had probably Dude. played like the same carbuncle like 10 times yeah and i think yeah. it ended up being like my 31k gladiolus beat his 30k uh <laughs> i don't remember but it was like I, remember, our, I think it was a, a moogle night because it might have been I, I remember like funneling. I had to like funnel the carbuncles to other smaller things mm-hmm. so that it would keep coming back to my hand. And I think you had to do the same thing. But then I would give the Gravitron buff to the guy who was fighting <laughs> Gladiolus. But then you were doing the same thing on your side of the field. And then we were like letting part of the stack resolve so that we get carbuncles back and then play yeah. them again. And it just got ridiculous. Yeah. And we, it was just kind of like, what are we doing? Who won? It, it was such a, it was John, John, you would have, you would have blushed. It, it, Pretty it was sure we're going get. Pretty sure we had to get like the T I T the T one eighty three out or whatever the T eighty three and like, like punch the I numbers love that in. Shit. That's great, dude. Like it was bad. Dude, we were practically putting somebody on the moon with the numbers we were crunching with this fucking thing. I love that carbuncle. 
No, absolutely, man. Just nothing but good times. Now, Drew, favorite card? Uh, my Talk favorite card is probably Dark Knight Cecil, the five cost. Yeah. All right, dude. Dark. Uh, I really enjoy that card. I Obviously, it's my favorite game, a little biased. I was I was either between that or two cost Hecaton chair. Also really enjoy Still that. Still a Ooh, monster card. Literally uh, on my desk in front of me. Yeah, yes, I, I like this day. Yeah, I like both of those cards a lot. Um, but yeah, I would say the, the Dark Knight Cecil. Like, dude, did you ever get to see the, the full art version of him? That was like uh-uh. after your time, dude. There's yeah, a full art after. version of that card, and it's non-foil, so it's just like he really... has the sexiest legs you would oh, wow. ever imagine, dude. It's a really nice. <laughs> I'll have to get them. I'll get some for you, so you can just have them. He's okay. like Mr. Atlas, like flexing those sure. fucking quads. I mean, I'll, I'll take them, John, because I still have a sleeved four title deck in my backpack. Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> just in case you got to break it out. Never know when someone's gonna try to run up on you. You know, it's my centennial <laughs> gift to you. Hey, thanks, John. You got it. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, Drew, obviously, I'm I'm still going to ask you your favorite deck and why three color monsters. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say if you're just asking, like, in a competitive sense, obviously mm. it's that deck. Uh, I had the most success on it for sure. I think the luxury I had that maybe Adam didn't is I was able to run it in like two tournaments before anybody else played it. Yeah, no, that's um, fair. So I, I mean, he built it which, well, this is a segue, you know, I'm a master <laughs> podcaster. Uh, so uh, my favorite episode, because that's your next question, is uh, the Tom Cruise one, right? You know, Tom Cruise <laughs> didn't build the airplane. That's he right. just piloted it. So Adam is the, is the engineer, and uh, I was maverick in that sense. Um, hmm. so, so, yeah, I mean, that, uh, that deck allowed me to do things that, or beat players that I wouldn't normally beat. And and I think that's mostly to the deck and Adam's deck building ability. Um, and a little bit on my play. That's that's kind of how I feel about that deck. Absolutely. And I know, uh, you know, favorite moment. You talked about your favorite match being against Hunter Nance at the Zorn and Thorn Cup. Do you have a favorite uh, uh, moment uh, in the game? Favorite moment? Uh, I would say probably... A uh, meaningless match against John Schreiner Ooh, was my favorite moment. Dude, that was such a carefree, fun game, and then we had many beers. Yeah, many, many beers, and and it took him like sixty minutes to serve us. I I think the secret is, that was is to wild. not eat food with John. Yeah, it sounds like that's the yeah, I'm... that's the consistent <laughs> thing. It takes Dude, him a long time. I forgot time about that. We were food. sitting at the bar. And it's like, how long does it take? We're the only people at the bar. Everybody There's else no is playing. One here. Pool. You're not even busy. <laughs> How long does it take? I want to yeah, give I mean, you my money. Exactly. I'm, I'm just trying to eat here, guys. <laughs> but I would say, yeah, that I mean, that was a lot of fun. I think um, going to that event was, was a lot of fun for me. I, I wasn't as good as I was, I would say, just like a, a few months to a year before that, obviously, because mm. I just wasn't consistently playing anymore. Um, but going, like going to that event, and like Adam said, the community and meeting those people and and just having a blast was was what it was all about. No, well, absolutely. And uh, I'd have to say my favorite moment of Final Fantasy TCG with you was when you just absolutely just mopped the fucking floor with me in the finals of that tournament, man. I had 50 cards and none of them mattered. I, I might as well have sleeved up a fucking deck of bicycle cards. <laughs> <laughs> 
you might have been able to do something. You might have had a two cost to block a Cobalt Druid, right? Dude, maybe. Yeah, the two of spades, I'll block Cobalt <laughs> with the two of spades. That would have been my only answer, because I think the only the only two drop I had in the deck was Scarmaglion, and I remember I had a play where I back attacked, I was like, I got him, and you were like, Chaos Walker, get the fuck out of here with that yeah. shit, and I was like, well, yeah. there that goes deck my was, move. Yeah, that deck was crazy. And just block and it I, with Celis, bro. <laughs> block it with Celis. <laughs> When in doubt, <laughs> block with Celis. Yeah, I mean, that deck, I mean, like I said, I was going to play something else that day, and it just, it's, I pulled the Adam's Audible that day, and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to break this deck out. Like, no one's playing it. Let's just run it and see how it goes. I have, I don't have the highest of expectations, because the lines are kind of blurry. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, I think that just shows how good that deck was. I had my turn time. of getting clapped by that deck, dude, at the, uh, at the Cookie Cake tournament. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I didn't I win so... that of it either. Curtis won with the same list. Yeah, Curtis on the and you both beat me back to back rounds. Yeah, I was so mad. I was so mad. Um, I love how we get on. It's just like old times. We can't sign off without a tangent, dude. I wanted that cookie cake more than anything. <laughs> more than anything. And I, I remember, I, I, I think... I've changed my favorite card game moment. I wanted that cookie cake more <laughs> well, than anything. I'm... I'm pretty sure he told Curtis when Curtis got to Grand Finals, he's like, Curtis, if you don't win that cookie, you're walking home. That was our first from. case, dude. We had to find the ATM. Dude, <laughs> oh, yes, wow. that's right. The case of dude, the missing um, ATM machine, bro. Dude, that's right, because like, the, the whole shopping center was under construction, and like that was actually a really fun day of cars. My only loss in Swiss was to Nick Chanel, because I fucking biffed uh, on a Sid Reigns Beatrix interaction. Um... And then I had to play Curtis in top eight fucking three color monsters, and he knew it too because yeah. we had, because we tested that match and like it was so fucking unwinnable for me. I remember, so I lost to Colin Rupert. That was my only loss was in mm-hmm. top cut. Um, I think I was the one seed, and he was the like he barely made it in. Yeah, because I don't and, think uh, I lost Cur- in Swiss. And Curtis was the five because I was the four. Curtis was the five. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. that. Cause, but I remember, because uh, I remember like Dan and John were on like the um, the Wind Earth. It was Wind Earth, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and like I remember Curtis was playing. I think Curtis had to play you or Dan round one. I think I might Dan beat you. him. I think. So he and then Curtis him. came over to me, me and he goes, yeah. "Yeah, Curtis came over to me. He's got. He's like, watch out. There's these people that are on this deck and they're trying to hard counter monsters. I remember he like came over and told me that. We were. And then it I worked think for Dan, yeah. it didn't work for <laughs> me though, bro. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was it was pretty rough. I want to say Dan um, made cut, I, but I don't remember. Uh, I believe I he think, did. I think he might have. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. But player, nonetheless, right? that story had a happy ending because we came home with that cookie cake. And Curtis, <laughs> bless his heart, he was like, do you want this? And I said, Curtis, more than anything. <laughs> and he gave no it idea, to me. Curtis, two, three years well, later, it was I like, still want that cookie cake. It was like $500. Is like $500 for the winner, a bunch of promos, and a cookie cake. <laughs> I and I was about like, to say, that was like a $500 cookie cake. No, I was like, holy fuck shit. the cash, fuck the promos. I want that giant cookie cake. I think it was, wasn't it like a graduation cookie cake or something? Yeah, it like, literally congratulations, graduates like t- 2018 or something. Oh my god, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's terrible! <laughs> the best tournament prize, bro. It was it's pretty awesome, awesome, though. It was okay. pretty awesome. What a great time! <laughs> what a great time! And what great times that I've always had with these two guys. I mean, you know, I do miss the early days of casting when we were just getting our feet under us. 
when we were, you know, still learning the game. And it just like, it feels so much more close knit now. Cause we, I mean, we're, we've all been, I mean, not you guys, you know, fuck boys. We've been fan. We've been friends for you said, damn near 20 years. And that still blows me away when we say that, but like, you know, the people we met through this card game are now people I still talk to on a daily basis. And these mm-hmm. were those early days where we're learning the game, we're, we're building our credibility, and we're just having a good time playing cards like we had done literally a decade before. Um, right. Dude, well, I'm looking the, forward to being friends with you guys in 20 years. Oh, man. Yeah. Old grandpas. That's right. <laughs> not getting served at restaurants. That's right. Yeah, they're playing oh, bridge and shit. Damn, if I'm not going to be playing, you know, insert card game here. That's right. Oh, Uncle Stepdad's coming over. Get ready. <laughs> Uncle Stepdad's here, bro. Uh, I think man. I think Drew's already devolved into playing old man card. What was that card game you told me about? Oh yeah, yeah. Game. I play I play uh hand and foot with my wife's grandparents. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> it's pretty much a card game. How do I get a box of this? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Hear me out. Hear me out. So it's it's five regular decks of cards. These old people go hard as fuck. <laughs> They're like, right. let's just keep adding decks of cards. Exactly. They'll get real fucking crazy. So the purpose of this game I've learned is so all these old people in this gated community don't get dementia. <laughs> it keeps the brain sharp. So then I go in and I'm like, well, I, you know, I actually like have a young brain and I clean up. You know, kind of <laughs> I clean up. <laughs> Let's just say I clean up man. hand and foot, bro. Right? <laughs> both, both of them. I can still walk and use my finger. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> let's, just say, let's just say I'm raking it in hand over foot, bro. Hey, John, you're on something there. Let me tell you. But yeah, that's, that's been my card game of choice now. I play with like two 80-year-old people. Um, I think I'm gonna start a podcast with them next week. What's it? What, yeah, that's what I wanted to know, dude. What's it? The podcast. Well, uh, we qualified for worlds. Uh, yeah, so we'll be, we'll be oh doing my big God, things. Dude. Oh man, Christmas Yeah, hand and foot bubble. There's been a murder, and we're gonna clean up. Oh my God. Good to have you guys back. <laughs> I, I, I'm just picturing you introducing you them to like dragon shields for their fucking <laughs> bicycle. <laughs> Trust me, you guys. Dude, one of them comes in up. with just like these, these the, like the most weeaboo, like just like these, these like anime girls. Just fucking b- the kitty lock, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. oh my god. That's how Drew keeps them from getting dementia. He puts the fucking titty my lock on. My grandson like, gave the- me these. Yeah, they're not even my grandparents. They're my wife's grandparents. It's like it's how dedicated I am to the. That's scene. a bond, bro. <laughs> to the scene. <laughs> oh my god! To get a scene. I don't know. Guys, kill me. I don't. I don't know if we can top that. Yeah. I mean, I try my so, best, guys. They're they're I mean, hosting an LGS due to local Gramps store. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason, Chris, that for like the first 12 or 13 episodes that I was on here, I named every single one, right? See, that's true. That is very, very true. You were just you were just greasing yourself up for the hand over (laughs) the hand and foot podcast. Oh, my God. That's my next venture. Oh, my God. Well, I wish you 100 episodes (laughs) on the hand and foot podcast and many more. I will be I will be the first patron on the hand and foot <laughs> Patreon Keep page. Dream alive. I'm subbed, bro. I'm subbed. 
Someone tells me the hand and foot Patreon is probably already taken. I don't know if you can get that. I, I, I'm, I'm, we're about to start looking. <laughs> well, Drew better tell them to fucking recognize. But boys, this has been an absolute, uh, just an absolute blast. Just chilling and reminiscing and just laughing like a fucking hyena. But, you know, I know you guys got to get back, Drew. I know you got to get back to your fatherly duties. Yeah. Uh, John, I know you said you got shit going on at nine. Like, we're also busy. We got a we're huge tournament we're hosting tomorrow. Bro. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we got the, uh, the, yeah, the Centennial, uh, which we'll be in the commentary booth for. So, if you know, you boys are free. Obviously, feel free to stop by. Feel at free to hang out in the tomorrow. booth. Feel free to watch. Please. <laughs> we'll probably be all day. We'll probably be doing something. Yeah. Uh yeah. big tournament. It'll be a good time. And Basically, maybe we'll maybe we'll plug the hand and foot podcast yeah, for I her. can't <laughs> wait, dude. Oh but, my god. That's that looks like a real that. hand and foot. That's a six deck maneuver if I've ever seen one. <laughs> oh man, that <laughs> oh, is how long did the game take, Drew? Uh a long time. <laughs> old people got fucking time. Like commander size deck, dude. They're probably the commander equivalent <laughs> of poker, dude. Got, pretty pretty much got like six well, decks combined together. Insane. Well, I mean, that's but, what uh, they had. To... I remember my brother when he explained it. I was like, "So what is that?" He's like, "It's like rummy, but you play with six decks." And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. "Pretty much, it's like six decks in two hands." They got the 312 card deck, bro, and is is all action. <laughs> no, it's not for the weak hearted. Well, maybe it is because they're in their 80s. So, not sure. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the Always Sunny episode where Frank Reynolds is playing hand and foot, and it's oh, like God, there's a pistol involved, and it's I, I like can't I wait. know that game. <laughs> but uh, show him how it's done. But I will plug my actual podcast because oh, uh, I know a few guys. A few guys listened to the uh, the Passing Lanes one uh, two yeah. two seasons ago. I'm gonna bring it back uh, this year. So I know a few of y'all's listeners. Also listen to that because I had Adam on that as excellent well. Excellent podcast. It was an um, excellent so podcast. This season, so probably draft NFL drafts next Saturday. I'll probably do a preseason cast probably mm-hmm. in the next month or so. So be on the lookout if you listen to that beforehand. Absolutely. And Adam, you want to shout out the uh, the relic grind before I ask Drew an important question? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. So I mentioned earlier, but I do the relic grind with uh, with Mike Byrne and uh, another guy, Tarkoth. We all play 14. Uh, we talk about Square Enix and 14 news. Pretty, I think it's every Thursday around like 7 EST. Uh, we live stream it on twitch.tv slash readycheckradio. And then he also has like other shows too. So you don't have to just do it for that show. There's like a Blizzard show and he has like a general gaming show. And then there's like always somebody streaming on that channel. So they're doing a lot of work there. I just I just clock in. I show up. I clock in. I talk about Final Fantasy 14. I clock out. Love so. it. <laughs> it's like, like Fred Flintstone sliding down the brontosaurus, <laughs> right. baby. Yeah. Uh, but no, I love so, I, I like I love talking about shit that I like. So, me too. And Drew, so we're gonna talk about something I like, and then we're gonna close on this. You know, you're the NFL expert here at this table. Can my Buccaneers do it two years in a row? They should. I mean, you guys resigned everyone. Goddamn right we did. <laughs> and you have the goat, right? Goddamn so, right we do. Now I know. I was telling all my Patriots friends that like. Now I know what you've been feeling the last fifteen yeah. fucking years. It's and then beautiful. what? You you guys had what three losses in the regular season or four? Uh, I think it was, I think it was four. And two but of them were to Drew Brees, and that's not an option any longer. Correct. So we, we've, we've already cut our losses in half. Yeah, the Falcons and the Panthers suck, and I think the Saints aren't going to be very good. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's like that's Brady a of old. preview cast here, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. <laughs> that is. 
It's like the Brady of old. His division's trash. So yeah, you need yeah. to check out my Patriots friends again, dude, and ask them what drugs they're smoking to think that Julian Edelman's a Hall of Famer too. Good. Oh man, but I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll take I'll take him in fucking uh, Tampa Bay if he wants to come out of if he wants to gronk <laughs> us. And is he gonna take, gronk it? Oh dude, no, dude. If he does, I will I will shit all of your pants because I will Look. I can't wait to have a maybe a potentially third Super Bowl in my adult life. Look, I know we're on a football tangent, and we have to get on all kinds of tangents before we actually sign off, because that's how Clearly. this thing works. But Clearly. if Heinz Ward's not a Hall of Famer, then Julian Edelman's not a Hall of Famer. That's that. No truer words have ever yeah. been spoken. I mean, you are a hand, you are a hand and foot like you're like exactly. you're like a grandmaster, right? You know, like, I mean, it's like a chess grandmaster. <laughs> exactly. This is our new segment, the final word, brought to you by Drew Lane. That's right. Well, like he, I feel like he, he's like you go to like parks in like like Central Park in New York, and you got like a like a cube box, just like a fucking long box of just ready to fucking play some hand and foot with all the other old men in the park. That's he right. has you a gotta cube, hustle. like they yeah. know you know, you've got a hand and foot cube. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, it's you know just, it. the, it's, it's just hand and foot decks. That's right. What we do I is we take six hand and foot decks, we combine them together. <laughs> exactly. Beautiful. We're doing it. Absolutely. We're going to play over boys. Discord right after we hang up. Oh, that's what we do, man. It's on Octagon, baby. You didn't that's know. It. Yeah, you load that See, up on TTS. We'll, we'll finish up right around the time that you'll have to actually stream your tournament tomorrow. There you right. go. Oh, we're just gonna... Well, that's actually what Top Cut's going to be. Top Cut is going to be <laughs> hand and foot. Oh, yeah. Maybe new format, bro. New formats. Yeah, They're announcing And Drew, you don't have now. to play until... And Drew doesn't have to play until the finals. It's like a Karate Kid 3 situation. So. <laughs> He's grandfathered into the top. That's right. Oh, That's right. Well, well thank boys. you. Guys. This has been a pleasure. It really has been to Absolutely. to taste a a little bite of the forbidden fruit that is uh is the years past. Yeah, this was the early years, man, and I I I, I miss it more than people realize. It was a great time. Back so. when there was not a news jingle, just Chris. That's right. We didn't have the jingle yet. The jingle actually started uh, much earlier than I anticipated. Uh, when I was going back to do uh, what people will hear on this cast is a really cool like uh, well, like a two minute super uh, perfect dude that's going right into the, the I never got back. to say that either because Chris dude, just started you know doing that well, the, the funny thing is uh, the the fans sent us that snippet did they really that's yeah. right it was a uh, Tyler um what's his last name not Tyler Ray no not Tyler okay, Ray I was like oh my god he's had his fingers no, in the pie I don't even know I say what Hardwick yeah, yeah, I don't even know if he plays or listens or anymore or anything like that. He does. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was like we had started doing the news segment because we were like we should start doing segments or whatever, and we started doing the news to cover like results and and spoilers and stuff. And then he was like, he sent it to me over Facebook, I think, and he was like, hey, you should put this in like a soundbite for your news. Well, because we uh, kept I saying, guess. man, we really got to get a soundbite for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I thought it was just gonna be a running joke forever. <laughs> it it was a long it was a long going one though. Fuck. But no, I think I got it in around like it was I, before we hit double digits. I think yeah, maybe it's not. Early. It's early. It's early. Uh, Is it really? I went all yeah. the way back, bro. I've I've listened to the beginning of 100 podcasts. Jesus, Man. dedication, dude. It's uh, you know, it's a labor of love, and hopefully, you know, I, I'm I'm not gonna use the phrase 100 more, because Lord knows. But you know, <laughs> but we're we're not done yet. We talked about how the podcast got started in our kind of early tournaments and early beginnings. You, you go way up through Gen Con because you, know, you start you start telling the story. It just kind of keeps going. Mm-hmm. But, John, I, I know 
you had a different exposure to this game when it first started. It was kind of like on a whim. Yeah, it was... Um, yeah, so my origin story, Chris, is that... <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Um, so, man, I don't know. I've been playing card games. Um, I guess I'm actually going to go back to the beginning. Record scratch. This yeah. is me. How did I get here? Um, I was in high school, and Alex, you know, fellow returner, yes, Alex Tesmer, um, has been my best friend for a very long time, and, uh, you know, we were always into all kinds of games or whatever together, and, um, I remember in high school, he was saying, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to hang out with this guy after school and play cards, I was like, oh, what kind of cards? Like, Pokemon cards, and I, like, laughed at him, I was like, bro, how old are we, you know, didn't we do that in, like, elementary school, what do you mean, Pokemon cards, and he's like, hey, man, you know, just come over, just come over and watch. And, you know, when I was a kid, I don't know what I'm doing with it. I wasn't playing the game the right way or with any level of strategy, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know how the games get now. Like, I see these guys sitting across from each other and, like, they got, the, like, the furrowed brow and the deep thing. Oh, they're, they're, and they're, they're, doing, flicking, they're doing this. They're flicking cards back and forth and cards are in sleeves. And I'm like, what yeah, is going what the on? Fuck? You know, what world have I stepped into? It's a lot of... Yeah, exactly. Dude. Like, oh, shit. And, like, I see him do the thing and the other guy, like, counter with the thing and he gets, like, frustrated. And I'm like, what is... like? Wow, there's an investment here. There's a strategy here. And after I watched like two or so games, I'm like, hey, can I like try playing uh, one of these games? Like walk me through one of these. Um, you know, the, the, <laughs> walk me through one of these numbers. Any, any trading card game, Absolutely. you know. You know walk all right, me through I, one of these numbers. How do I do this? Uh, and I go, do they still sell starter decks for this? And they're like, yeah, they still sell. <laughs> I'm like, where? They're like, at like the card store. Like the card store. The card store. The toilet store. Like uh, what? And yeah, so I mean. Um, Fast forward a couple of years, I've been playing Pokemon competitively for almost a decade. When, um, when I find out that there's a Final Fantasy trading card game, I didn't know about chapters or anything like that. Yeah. I heard about it in like Opus Two ish. Well, I cut Go you ahead. off there. Yeah, yeah. I knew about chapters because my older brother, big, like, he's he's the guy who got me into Final yeah. Fantasy. Like he's the biggest Final Fantasy fan of the two of us, and. He actually had gotten two chapter starter decks, whatever the white one is and oh, the black one. Black yeah, yeah, he yeah. had those, That's and sick. I was like, "Oh, this is a really cool game." Because he you know, he was like, "Man, I wish I could you know read Japanese or write everything down." And I was like, "Oh, this is cool." And I, I we we had actually attempted to play with it once. I was like, "I think we're doing this yeah. wrong," but whatever, we were having fun. <laughs> so yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so so I had no idea, and I was just like, "Wow, Alex, we love Final Fantasy. I've been a Final Fantasy fan. Final Fantasy six is my favorite game of all time. I think mm-hmm. that's everyone's story." Well, not everyone, but most people with this game, you have a deep love for the IP. You have to. On a level, You right? always have to. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, okay, hey, man, how did we not know about this? How are we not playing this card game? Because at that point, I tried Star Wars card game. I tried Yu-Gi-Oh! I tried, you know, all these different things. Um, actually, somehow, weirdly, never Magic, but, you know, that's, that's whatever. It's another thing. Um, and so, okay, like, let's try out the Final Fantasy trading card game. I'm ready to buy some cards. I've been playing Pokemon competitively, so I know I'm just going to go buy a deck. I'm going to buy the staples. All right, let's go. Nope, I can't. Uh, all right, let's buy boxes. Nope, I can't. Okay, where are the cards for this game? Mm-hmm. Well, they don't exist. Turns out, like, it's impossible to get these damn cards. So, um, I go, okay, well, if I can't even order these cards online, it looks like I can get starter decks from Europe. So we yeah, It's kind of like what Adam was saying, Europe. too. Adam was having yeah. the same trouble with uh, with with getting cards in, and you know, they had to split a box with him and Matt Jordan, things like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I was like, Alex, I'm going to import these starter decks. Will you play with me? He's like, yeah, sure. So we sleeved up the Final Fantasy VII and the Final Fantasy X starter decks. Yep. And uh, we were sitting in my room playing, and, you know, again, the same thing. Like, I think we're getting this right. Like, you're like, okay, yeah, we're ready. All right, let's go. And then the first thing someone does, you're like, wait, does this work? Back to the rule book, you know? <laughs> yep. You know, and um, 
we kind of figured it out and it was like all right this is fun i'd like to buy more cards i got my other friends to agree to try it and then again we just couldn't buy the cards yep so let's say like uh, this is like a september right october rolls around i live in new jersey we go to new york comic-con every year um so i go to new york comic-con square enix has a booth they have a giant final fantasy trading card game banner huge and i'm like okay hold up we roll up to the square enix booth and they have packs in like the glass case like like opus three packs Mm -hmm. it's like these are for sale i was like boys i'm buying booster packs final fantasy and then they have a thing that says events and they have a draft at like noon and the floor opens at like 10 o'clock right so we got in it's like 10 30 mm-hmm. and i'm like guys uh i'm going to be doing this at noon and we had like signed up for like two or three other things yeah, like, fuck I'm that. Not doing how about fuck that <laughs> yeah i'm like uh yeah i'm not doing those things anymore guys this is where i'll be i said if you need me all day i'll be here i'll let you know if i leave mm-hmm. um so i signed up for this draft i sit down and yeah the draft was like a joke um i remember like i opened my first pack and i see garnett l and I go, okay, well, I've only seen the rarities from Starter Decks, mm-hmm. so I know what C and R and S are. Yeah. And I go, well, L can't be, like, less rare. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be, like, loser rare. Like, there's only one word I can think of L standing for, and it's legendary. So I guess this has got to be a high rarity card. Yeah, absolutely. And I like Garnet, And it's shiny, and too. shiny. So I take that, and then the person passes me the pack, and there's a Kuja in it that has an L on the bottom. And I go, wait a minute. It's another L. Is maybe L not as crazy as I thought it was? And like, so I take the Kuja though, just in case, and pass. And I keep taking cards that go around. Then I open like my second pack, and there's a foil Ramza that has an L on the bottom. And I'm like, like okay, dude. And it turns out I'm just like pulling these like legends. I mean, when Opus one, two, three, four, five. Uh, you got way more legends too. You got yep, five the, 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 the fucking then well that and the, you you had the chance to get like double legend packs. Yeah. Do you remember that shit? So that's why I mean these people weren't even taking legends and passing me legends. Who knows? Yeah. But all I know is I had a bunch of L's. I played like this water ice deck, and um, I was asking them ruling questions because I knew the basic rules. So like other people were still trying to be like, okay, I think then I tap this and I put, and I'm like, no, 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 you do, yeah, <laughs> you know, because I've been playing the starter deck. You're already advocating, yeah. You're all, yeah. And their uh, RB was actually in elsewhere in New York City on the same day I was at uh, Comic Con on October 2017. They were running the New York City Petite Cup, That's so Dan is over there winning that tournament. That's so awesome. Right? And so RB's over there at the tournament. And mm-hmm. so the people who were running were like the B team who like don't quite know all the super detailed rules. So I'm like, like judge. <laughs> and they had to pick up the phone and call. I'm like, I don't know who they're calling. Now I know it's like, oh, they're calling RB yeah. at this tournament. That's so Like, we have funny. a ruling question for you. This guy keeps asking us about the rules. Hey, this fucking guy keeps asking yeah. us questions. So I won the thing, uh, this three-round draft, and got a Play Arts Guy figure for winning a three-round draft. All right. <laughs> and then the staff came over, uh, KB came over. And Love was like, KB, oh hey, my God. Hey, we were wondering, uh, like the staff were talking, and we were like, have you, guys, have you played this game before? Do you play this game? And I was like, um, well, I have the starter deck sleeved up at home. And they yeah. were like laughing. They're like, okay, like you obviously had like seen it before or something. Like you because you played this game and you were asking all these rules. Mm-hmm. They're like, do you want to see some of our decks? And I was like, oh my god, like yes, I do. Please, goddamn it. So I was there at the Square Enix booth until like the end of the con that day, all the way to the end of the con. Um, and I had gotten all those packs from that. I was like fired up. 
um, they had shown me all these decks. She showed me the Renoa from Ops 3, the Legend Renoa. Yeah. She's like, this card is good. Yeah, it was. It. She's like, if you like ice water, you're going to need to get some of these Renoas. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'll check that out, you know. Um, and That's I got so a Kane promo that wasn't out yet. He was like the November promo. Yeah, that was the jump one, right? So they yeah. gave me the Kane, and I was like, this card's not even out yet. And I didn't know it was like a promo yeah. of an existing card. Oh, he's fucking guy. So yeah, I was just like, okay, I'm fired up. I need to do this. Like, let's play this game. And I was like, I'm desperate to play. Like, mm-hmm. I need it now. I now that I've gotten this taste. Mm-hmm. So I went on Reddit, and the Reddit for this game is still very dead. Oh, it's and still dead like fried chicken. And still in this extremely dead Reddit. On like the fifth post, it was like Final Fantasy North uh, New Jersey, like looking for players, and it was for literally the LGS that I had played Pokemon at. That's so funny. And I was like, wait, what? These guys are playing Final Fantasy. Yeah, it turns out. Turns out they sure are. I can love that. So, uh, yeah, I showed up and uh, met Dan. And I was like, I just want an event on Saturday. And he's like, I just want an event on Saturday. Sweet. <laughs> I was like, I was in New York. He's like, I won the event in New York on Saturday. <laughs> he was at the Petit Cup. That's so funny. And I was doing the... the um, yeah, I was the at Comic-Con. Comic-Con. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that was so cool. And, and after that, I was just hooked. Uh, he handed my ass to me ten times. I was well, playing. Dan's a, a very, very good player. I was playing a Dragoon's deck because I thought the cane was cute and cool, and I ordered like some singles. Dan was playing his Petit Cup winning Monofire deck yeah. with like Ultima, and, <laughs> and I was like, oh, "Ultima! Oh, oh wow! Oh, BV seems pretty good." Um, God, that BV was so fucking good, wasn't yeah. it? Like BV was so good. So yeah, man. I, I mean, and I was hooked, and that was it. And after that, um, Boston Crystal Cup was a couple months away. Uh, I mean, Opus Four was the first pre-release, and I remember I went Same. to an Opus Four pre-release. Same. And I that's where I started. I started at Opus, yeah. Opus Four, and that was Final Fantasy Six. And I love Final Fantasy Six. So that yeah, was never forget first pack, first pack, first pull foil setzer. Yeah. So I was like, I'm in, um, and I still have that foil setzer. It's signed by Kageyama. Yeah, the only cards I've gotten signed. So again, this is. Um, this tells you a lot about how I feel about my roots in the game. My only cards I have signed by Kageyama are a playset of Garnet Legend. Mm-hmm. Who Garnet Legend, that card I opened in that first pack, that was like my card for as long as I believe she was good. I was playing it and I was like, I qualified for Nats using the card. Like I played it at Nationals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that was like one of my things as I loved that Garnet card. Um, and then I have three locks signed because it's my favorite character for my favorite game and that was a great card and I love Final Fantasy VI. So it's just like... Yeah. Those are the cards, like Opus Three and Opus Four. That's what I got signed. Yeah, it will do. And that's so funny you mentioned a lot because um, I know when when the game is gone and I'm done playing, my three KB uh, signed locks. Those are going in like a shadow box and they're going on the wall. Like that's but those are my prize cards. And yeah, dude, she personalized. Uh, they're just mine. They're just for me. When we connected at um, at Comic Con like that, she was like, "Oh, showing me like the competitive stuff." And I was mm-hmm. like, "Okay, this is awesome." Then when I saw her at Boston, I went right up and I was like, oh my god, it's me. I, I did the thing at Comic-Con and like, yeah. thank you so much. I was like, I'm writing articles on this website. Mm-hmm. Like, who do I talk to about like, uh, like getting, rec- like somebody like knowing that we're doing this and like getting spoilers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And that's when I really started doing the EXP plus stuff. Yeah. So I still is, got that business card in there, there too. That's so funny. Is, I mean, that's how, um, I mean like that kind of stuff is really what led me to linking up with you guys in like any capacity of like yeah. content creation no absolutely so i mean like that was just i mean that started the journey of okay i started traveling around i started playing in tournaments we mm-hmm. met and then uh i think you know we met and became fast friends absolutely. at that event i mean during the game when we were playing it was just so enjoyable um and yeah now it's just like uh, i remember i came down for i think it was for the geisel greens cup but we were down here for some event and i was like mm-hmm. hey guys like 
like let's combine our forces let's just do content together yeah um and i mean the rest uh i feel like i don't even have to go over because you guys have been listening to it ever since then i mean that's the history that's that's my origin story here no absolutely and and of course there's been you know a lot of little details in and out like you know the trials the tribulations the good Mm -hmm. the bad because you know and and we'll get into that a lot more with some additional guests on but we wanted to just kind of begin this uh this journey with kind of the humble beginnings and i can't stress enough to anybody who's new to the game like we hear you know friends of the cast like travis pfeiffer who started playing like opus nine opus eight opus nine like late is what i yeah, like late that's yeah. late yeah like you're getting the game into a, you know and, and it's hard to get into a game late especially when you have established communities you have an established um I don't want to say I don't want to say pecking order, but like there's a there's a group of good players, and it, it's kind you of you have hard. to break in. It's literally you do like have you're, to break it's like in. a Hollywood like you're a new actor on the scene kind of thing. Yeah, and it's like I got to show my chops. I got to like get yeah. in, you know. And that's hard because you got people who've been playing this game probably a lot longer than you. And I'm not talking about you know Travis specifically, but I'm talking about people who have gotten because we've seen now this year probably the biggest uptick in in player additions, right? Yeah, I mean, this is a, I will say the phrase that Matt Rice used because I totally agreed with it when he said that he felt like he had noticed a renaissance in the past few months. Um, Yeah, there's just been major interest in the last Mm -hmm. few sets, a lot of new players coming in. And like we said, you said it was tough to start that late. I agree, but I think that also the community has been so cool about trying to make sure we retain people and like keep hype up and like like, Mm -hmm. encourage and guide and mentor new players. And we have things like the online weekly where like they can play and they can get advice from and learn from and play mm-hmm. against good players. And, and it's just like, yeah, we've been really, you know, kind of against all odds growing despite yeah. anything else in this last year. I'm really excited to see what it looks like when, you know, we, we're back to some kind of normal. John, but you know what? Let's, I want to just go ahead and uh, you know come on into my secret lab, and let's just go ahead and jump into the Wayback Machine, and uh, let's get to rambling. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, we, we've done quite a bit of rambling already. You know, people will have heard uh, at this point uh, the kind of early years reminiscence that you and I did uh, in person, and then also, mm-hmm. you know, we they maybe took a trip down memory lane, but now, yes. uh, you know, we've gotten up to... Kind of where I stepped into this picture here, um, like we said, I guess of forty-ish or so episodes ago. Yeah, I, I feel like at this point I'm, I'm a master, or uh, I'm, or I'm getting better at the game of hand and foot. Oh yeah, yeah. You feel like you're. Uh, uh, yeah, I feel like this, after at this point I've brushed up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Now I, at the very least, I'm familiar with the terms, so I'm <laughs> exactly. I'm at least one level higher than I was before. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, and like you said, John, you know, we kind of ended, um, well, we wanted to end our talks with Adam and Drew, you know, on high notes. But, I mean, obviously, Adam left the game. There were some things that, you know, he, you know, it was never because of the game. There was just some issues. And, you know, and we, we touched on it a little bit. But, I, you know, there was just the whole thing that went down with, with Nationals. And ultimately, you know, again, to not go into all the details, somehow it got pinned on us. and. I don't care how you spin it, how anybody spins it. We kind of got blackballed because, I mean, the break zone quit doing commentary. 
because people in the community spoke up about you know who they wanted to you know have commentary and that's but it was never about one replacing the other it was about a joint effort it's let's get let's get the 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 you know the amalgamation the partnership of you know the commentators that people want to see and probably the best setup stream in in the in the community right like those guys ran a tight ship yeah, production value is top notch. Production sure. value through the roof. You loved to watch it, but people wanted to hear us do the talking, or you know, mix us up. Like make the, this was the first nationals in North America. People wanted it to be a show. People and not for nothing. Uh, you know, when you we got have... a great. So I, I wasn't part of the commentary team for RV at the time, so I was very much one of those players who, look, man, you know, you want to have a local event, you want to have a, an event that's a community event. You get yes. some community guys to commentate. It's great. Okay. Yes. You're going to have a competitive professional event. I need competitive professional commentary. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sorry. It's just, you know, I, again, I love those guys to death, but they'd be the first people to tell you that they just don't play at that level. You know, mm-hmm. like that's not, and that's fine. We need people at every level, right? We need yeah. people who are jazzed about the stuff. Uh, and like, just like a, like their eyes are glowing when just, they mm-hmm. just love the game on that fun, casual, that everybody level. But it's Nats, it's Worlds. I need play-by-play. I need somebody who can look at the plays, tell me what the next line is going to be, tell me what the options are, explain why somebody should have done this, could have done that, you know, how this decision is going to lead to this outcome. It's just, um, you know, when you looked at other games, I think people people had a expectation that wasn't being met. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, you know, were looking for just to try something else. Yep. And I, Absolutely. I, you know, that's all it is, really. They wanted to try something else, and people weren't really given the opportunity to try something else. Yeah, and again, it's all water under the bridge at this point, but there was a lot of... It resulted in a lot of clickiness, and it resulted in a lot of people talking shit behind other people's backs. And Adam was like, I'm not about that. Fuck this. I'm done. And it, so, and then that's what it boiled down to. Again, no, there's no animosity. There's no... like. There was like, I don't know if I was really angry. I was more like I was. I think I was more disappointed than anything. You know, you you to use dad verbiage. I mean, Chris, you know? you're you're upset because you're being uh to again like to use you know I guess dad verbiage. You're being punished mm-hmm. for something you didn't do, right? Correct. And also, uh, you have this very real kind of claim. Uh, claim's not even the right word, but you, you know, you're confident in your ability to do what you do well. And mm-hmm. other people hired. And if we and, didn't, we wouldn't have been hired to do it pretty much that entire season on this side of the country. Well, that's the other right. thing, right? Is Square had uh, had people, you know, they had had you guys do it for some of the Crystal Cups, and people said, "Hey, you know, uh, where's more of that?" That's mm-hmm. all it is. Like I said, that's people wanted to try something else. Uh, they had had a taste of, you know, they they wanted to order something else off the menu. That's all, you know, a little diversity. But um, now, thankfully, I think that you know, one way or the other. Um, the message was received, right? And we've had a lot of diverse commentary. We had Worlds was Matt Rice and Brian Berkeley. I love that. Yeah, which was fantastic. Love that. Nats, we had Matt Okamoto. I mean, one of the best players to walk you through the kind of plays that I'm talking mm-hmm. about. You know, he was doing some awesome analytical commentary. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, that's been a real treat. So I think that, you know, that, uh, you know, you know, maybe sometimes things aren't approached the best way. But in yeah. the long run... Um, you know, players, they say, you know, they just voice their opinion because it's how they feel. Yeah. You know, I think everybody on both sides, we always away. have to respect. 
Yeah, and I respect Adam a lot for <laughs> saying, hey, uh, this is my line. I just don't respect the way people are being about this, and that's it. I, I, I'm not going to spend any more of my time on that. Exactly. And that's tough to do, I think. It was. It was. It was. It was something he he really didn't want to walk away from. But he's like, if that if this is how things are going to be, then I just don't want any parts of it. He's like, it's not the people. It's not the community. It's just this particular incident. And, and again, I don't want to go into any details. And I like, there's a lot of shit that was happening. But again, a lot of we shit talking, a lot of clickiness, said, you know, and it was just like, you know what? Yeah. Whatever. I mean, because me and Adam had a long talk about it, and he was like, I I think I'm done. I you know he. He said he's done. He, you know, he pretty much gave me his collection to sell off. And it's just like he felt so much better, you know, after that, not having to deal with that stuff. And, you know, you know, unfortunately, he's he's left some of the North America groups. He still, you know, he, well, he's left all the Final Fantasy groups, but he still talks to people. He still talks to people in the community, like the, like the, the friends and everybody that he, you know, that he loves and has had a chance to, you know, get to know over the course of his time playing the game. Um, but we had a void we had to fill, you know, not, not to, not to take away from that. Cause obviously, you know, Adam was a very valuable part of this group. You know, again, I, I, I have no bone saying, John, I'm not a technical guy. I, I don't fuck with computers. I don't know how to do all this <laughs> editing and shit. You know what? And you know, I, I didn't have the desire to like, it's still something I don't have the time to do. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm an idea guy. I've always been the idea guy. I've always been the guy. And it's like, Hey, what can we do this? Because, you know, we do it all the time. It's like, well, what do you think about this? Is that doable? How much is that going to be a lot of work? If it is, let's let's take it. But this is the vision that I have. Can we make this happen? And, you know, it's it, it, that, that dynamic, that that paradigm that we have has been very, very successful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, me and Adam were like, well, then, OK, because Adam also didn't want to see while he left the game. He was like, you know, we've, we've built a, a really nice brand. Here, you know, we have a team, we have a, you know, we got, we've gotten sponsorship. We've got a, you know, a team behind us, you know, that's, you know, relatively deep and spans multiple states. So it's like, wow, this is really, really awesome. And it, he's like, we don't, we don't want to just end on this, on this negative note. So we were thinking, well, well, who do we want to have replace the cast? We were like, well, Adam Duncan just had a kid, you know, he's not going to be able to commit. And really, like, the first name that popped up, you know, because we wanted, obviously, we wanted to just keep it like, okay, well, maybe Austin or Adam, but like, they, again, they've got their own lives, like, this game was kind of secondary to them, just because, you know, they're, they're family folks, right? They got shit to do. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, I don't have any kids, and I'm married, but, you know, my wife loves that I do this, so, you know, it's not like I'm, t- I'm not taking away anything to do this. You know, I don't. I, I I can't just go watch a kid. I, if I had a kid, there's no way in hell I could be doing this right now as consistent <laughs> as I do. But kind of at the same time, John, like your name is the one that popped up because you had done several guest spots. Um, I don't have a kid. Right, you don't have a kid. You were already doing some articles for us <laughs> anyway because you were kind of you were doing your own thing with the EXP plus. Yeah. Um, and we were like, dude, and even prior to this, like, we were like, John, you could, if you want to do articles and content for us, by all means, dude, like, you're you're part of the team, you know. And we and that's when we, you know, we, you, Dan, and Alex, you know, we extended. It's like, you know, you guys are part of the team, man. You guys, you know, jerseys, here you go, man. Welcome aboard, that kind of thing, you know. Yeah, thank you. By the way, we appreciate that. I mean, it's uh, yeah. it's just you know, we uh, traveled all these events together. We're gonna work on. You know these mm-hmm. these decks and things together. We're gonna test together. We're gonna stay in rooms together. It's like you know, let's just uh, let's link up. 
Yeah, become absolutely. greater than the sum of our parts type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, man, and I mean, you guys asked, uh, you know, because I was sad to see Adam go, and you guys reached out and said, hey, is this something you'd be interested in doing? Like, you gotta do all the technical stuff. And I'm like, oh, I mean, I could do that in my sleep. <laughs> Thankfully. You know, I uh, I do a lot of that stuff. I'm very into, like, music and recording and things like that. So, uh, like, the audio engineering aspect of it, you know, easy peasy. You know, I mean, and also, this is very... Um, you know, not for not to insult us, or, uh, myself or anything like that, but you know, this is a low maintenance show, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> but that's how we like it, and uh, and we still put out a great product, I think, for people. So, um, yeah, I mean, I like I said, I was a fan of the brand, I was a fan of the cast, <clears throat> and um, this is like my fan fiction, Chris. You know, just doing what I can to keep it going, <laughs> hopefully mm-hmm. write something that other people like who like the uh, the brand. You know, that's right. Um, no, absolutely. And and then I you know I'm also able to do things like hey I had this idea for this online locals um, you know is it something you guys think we could do is this a cool idea tell me if I'm being stupid and then uh, you know I, I reached out to the group chat and the guys were like that eh, sounds like a kind of a cool idea you know what would it look like or what do you think you would uh, you would put that together and I was like well what if I told you uh, I spent all of yesterday putting it together and all it's right. ready it's ready to test I don't know like uh, uh, tonight. <laughs> now <laughs> and everybody oh, yeah. was like yeah sure tonight and uh it was a wednesday at seven o'clock chris it turns out mm-hmm. and uh that was the prelude event that was the uh, number zero as it were um so i mean technically you know number 99 was our hundredth event but you know it's uh yeah yeah dude it's uh, it's been two years since that i can't even believe i joined the returners two years ago man it's just um time flies when you're having fun and doing the thing you love with the people you love man and absolutely you know, you talk about how you these guys were family men, so they couldn't be around anymore. Well, you know, my family's you guys. You're, you know, the Final Fantasy yeah. community. Absolutely. So I, I'm here. That's who I have to watch and spend my time with. I have to babysit <laughs> the kids every Wednesday night. And I am a handful. I'll tell you that right now, John. <laughs> I am a handful. You, you leave me you leave me to my own devices for 15 minutes and there's poop on the walls. That's right. Hey, you know what, Chris? Sometimes the people just like the poop on the wall, so you got to learn to leave it there sometimes. Absolutely. But, uh, and, and John, you know, not, not, not to cut you off there, no, but like, that's where the transition happened on the yeah, cast. Uh, we, we did the gone, we did the gone fishing episode for Adam where, uh, you know, he's piecing out and you stepped in. Um, cause I believe you were on the gone fishing cast to kind of like, you know, officially hand the torch over to you. I think so. Yeah. Um, because I mean, literally at that time, like I had just started doing those weekly locals like it's weird these things happen kind of at the same time and now they're having this culmination this celebration on the same week as well um Mm -hmm. it's very funny how it just kind of lined up as soon as we knew this was even going to maybe line up like three months ago we had to like scheme and plan and shift to make sure that things kind of kind of happened in this way but i think you know it was really cool to get to celebrate it like this and absolutely um, yeah i mean i was on that one to say goodbye to him and to kind of get invited in um one of the few true three member casts that we did um mm-hmm. and yeah man i i was really and still am quite grateful and uh thankful that you guys had me and i hope that i've uh i made you proud you well know? you did john because like we jumped right into it with the uh you know we took this negative and just tried to turn it into something fun like i was like i was like john you and i are constantly cutting up with some dumb shit some we're, we're we're on we're just on the dumbest shit almost all the time. <laughs> so what do we do? You know, we 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 go on this tirade about like 
de like pulp noir detectives and like something about because it came up with something to do with uh, with Kageyama. Um, we we just made up this super elaborate story, um, and it turned into like like that was the uh, maybe maybe you can remember a little bit better than I can, but we, I forget what we were talking about because usually usually we're we cruising out. I just remember that we had to go deep undercover, but we wanted the joke was that like it's very clearly us. But yes, like, but like we're undercover, so our detective, like our undercover, deep undercover names were like it was it was Don Don Schreiber and Ritz Abrams. Yeah, Don Schreiber and Ritz Abrams, and we had talking about like uh, at some point you had mentioned like uh, Quina or like Quincy became like the special. Yes, Quincy was our CI, deep, CI, deep undercover Quincy. Deep undercover. There was just a lot of that that stuff, and then like uh, Adam was like on his way out, and he wasn't as present anymore. So we were like, "Oh, that's the chief, dude." He just he's back right. there at his desk, and he sent us out on the missions, and it devolved into this whole thing, and people loved it. Uh, yeah, I mean, we started these pulp noir intros where it was just like you know, like you would see, and just again the, these that style of film. We had the the soft like sad saxophone playing, and it was just bullshit. It was just total bullshit, and it was so much fun to do. Oh, and yeah, I when think... Ritz was banned, dude, that was one of my favorite. Uh, and, and we did the thing like she was like there was a murder. Yeah, when Riku when Riku was banned. <laughs> oh, yes. Riku, Riku, not Ritz. I'm sorry. Yeah, Riku when Riku was banned. <laughs> yeah, and we and it was kind of funny because like now now that I've you know gone back and like you know actually actually started watching Community, like the the, the noir episodes with Chang remind me a lot. Oh, of my God, dude, the yeah, shit yeah, yeah. we were doing, dude. It was so <laughs> funny. Arizona oh, backwards is Arizona. It's Palomino, <laughs> but like the like I, it was I had to think it that. was such a great way to break the tension that we were all feeling, and it also kind of showcased, hey, this is the direction we're going with this. You know, like we're still like you know we're here to be us and have fun, dude. And you know, and right? If you're not into that, you don't have to listen, bro. And, and we're and we're still gonna have, and you know, look, we're still gonna have competitive commentary. Like I didn't go anywhere, but I think what it did for me, John, was it it shifted my focus back because um, I'd spent that first year like grinding and playing and had consistent, you know, top cut performances. Like I was like, this is awesome. Um, but I also felt the burn when, you know, when you go to a tournament and top eight isn't good enough, second isn't good enough. And it was like, well, I mean, fuck, I mean, I'm a model of, again, talking about that model of consistency um, that we talked about way in the beginning here. I mean, I'm no Ryan Chin by any stretch, but um. You know, I had a very consistent performing performing season from that first Petite Cup I went to all the way up to the Dark Crystal Cup. Um, but I felt burnt out because I was like, man, I can't finish second anymore. I can't, I'm tired of being not good enough. But because we were doing, you know, we were streaming and doing commentary on local events and doing deck techs, things like that, we we started to switch focus. And I was like, well, you know, we, I spent that whole year. I was like, I'm just going to I'm going to dedicate myself to commentary. Doesn't um, help, Chris. This game does no favors for second place. It does not, boy. It barely does favors for the winner. <laughs> there, but, but yeah, I mean, there are no points. There's nothing like that at all. There's no. Uh, just, yeah. you just get the almost from the guy. Yeah, the that's record. right. That's it's, it's, a, it's like it's like Kageyama's there with his fishing pole and a dollar. Oh, almost got it. You know, but these are twenty five dollar gift card, and, and they'll validate <laughs> your parking. That's right. Yeah, second place. Yeah, enjoy these Decidia promos. <laughs> But um, where was I going with that? Yes. So, you know, and after everything had gone down with Adam, I was like, you know what? I don't want to do commentary anymore. I actually want to get back to my roots. I want to play. So 
So that way I can get myself back in tune with what's going on, you know, just make sure I'm still getting my reps in. So that way, you know, we're, you know, we're, cause we both kind of have to share the load on the, on the, um, on the analytical side now. Um, cause Adam was our analysis guy, like straight up, like he looks at things very, very logical, very numerical, you know, everything has a pattern, everything has a number. So, you know, he was the, he was the analysis guy. I'm the color guy. And we both kind of fill both of those roles now. Like we're both color guys at heart but we both need to be able to analyze what's going on on the board and understand what's coming next, how we got to this state. So, you know, if you don't keep up with your cards, if you don't keep up playing, you're not going to be able to do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I got to be old Harvey uh, two face on Wednesdays, you know, I got to, absolutely. I got to be uh, both. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, yeah, I think that um, there is a lot to be said for that. I mean, that's the reason that you don't normally, do that chris is because it's much easier to focus all your energy on one of those things uh mm-hmm. and, and just kind of do your job right just like uh, at any place where you work you know you have your what you're specializing in whatever your tasks are um and so yeah you know sometimes it's uh it's tough because we both are going so deep on some joke or some story yeah. that, that the you know or we're so enveloped in chat or whatever we're talking about that you know we haven't talked about the last three or four turns so, you know, there's uh, there's certainly pros and cons to that kind of stuff. But uh, it does end up being, um, especially with so many more people, the community just being so much more involved and hanging out in chat and things like that, uh, because a little bit more of like a, like a live production, like a show. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that's really fun for the community. I think people Absolutely. really enjoy being, like, part of it live. You know, I think yep. that if we did, like, a live... I mean, obviously, this is, like... Um, something that we talked about a million times is just like, oh, we'll do it as a novelty one day. Because I, mm-hmm. I don't want to be sitting here live every time, like on video or doing whatever. Uh, I enjoy yeah. the way that we do it very casually and kind of just have our own our own little chat together. But, um, you know, I think that there's a merit to that stuff too. People just love being involved. Yes. Yeah, and we Absolutely. try to involve them whenever we can. Absolutely. And, uh, and so really, you know, while we're doing these, while we're going through these, uh, these noir episodes and, you know, we've got sets releasing and we're really just trying to stay on top of things. I had made the decision that I'm going to get I'm just going to start playing. Um, and this was, you know, going into 2020. Now, I actually got to go. It was kind of funny. I, you know, even though I wasn't there, I didn't get to do commentary for Nats and Worlds. I actually got to go to Worlds. I was close. I was Cody's plus one, had a great weekend. Um, and Alex Hancock even said it in uh, one of the uh, streams. He was like, because I, I got to meet, uh, you know, the international players, which was awesome. Everybody was great, uh, from Jamie Faulkner to all the way to Alex Hancock's and everybody in between. Man, they were all fantastic human beings, and it was really, really great to like hang out. You know, Toby, Toby, oh man, to- Toby's one of the greatest people I've ever met. Like him and Robert Meadows and Alex again, got to hang out with these guys a lot. You know, JFB, just perfect. Kurosawa, terrific. I mean, like these guys are awesome, and I got to hang out with them. So it was really. It was a really, really nice consolation that I was able to go and got to see and got to, you know, jam some games with them, but really just hang out and drink some cocktails with them and just, just cool dick around us. Like, I've still got the videos on my phone of us all doing, uh, you know, like um, of doing Irish car bombs and things like that at the hotel <laughs> bar. So just a really, really great time. Um, but I had made the decision that I want to get back into playing competitively and, you know, what's... John, what has been for the, you know, if you've been in this community for a while, what's usually the kickoff for the next competitive season? Reunion. Reunion. So I was like, reunion, I'm going to do it. I'm going to grind. I'm going to jam and we're, I'm going to do well at reunion. And that's going to set the pace for my season. 
boy, if I knew then what I know now, because John, we were all there at reunion. It was a fantastic event. It was great seeing everybody. Yeah. You know, like nothing had changed. And, you know, I had an awesome day of cards. I ended up top eighting the event. I was like, cool. Here we go. We're, we're back in form. We're, you know, we're going to be consistent. This will be the first top cut of many. Little did we know, John, we wouldn't be playing in any events. You know, that's the, la- that's the last in-person event I was at. Yeah. God. But, you know, but we were still having a lot of fun with it. You had gone to Fanfare the next month, um, had a great time there. Um, obviously, there were, some, there were some things that took place there at Fanfare. <laughs> but, um, but it's kind of funny when we look back on it, John. You went, you went there in February, and you were Chris, kind I went of— there, no, Chris, I went there on March 15th. Oh, was it March fifteenth? Oh yeah. my God! No, it was in. I went to Vegas in in February. Yeah. You went in March. Okay. I go asked ahead. my boss if I should go to California, and my boss was like, "Yeah, go to California, have a good time. And, you know, we'll figure out what's going on with all this Rona stuff when you come back." Dude, mm-hmm. when I came back, like literally, so that was Friday. I come mm-hmm. back on Monday, and my boss is like, "Can you believe I sent you to California?" <laughs> 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 it's like everything was locked down. There were like six people on my plane. Um, mm-hmm. Even in the midst of the pandemic, things weren't as locked down as they were when I was coming back from Fanfare. It was, it was wild. I felt, I felt really bad about my decision to go. Mm-hmm. Like it was clearly the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that was maybe. Well, knowing now, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. But um, yeah, God, wow, what were what were we thinking? Kind of thing. Um, Absolutely, and. And John, we kind of shifted, you know, and again, you know, I'll let you continue, but like we kind of shifted from like the detective noir stuff to, you know, all right, well, here we go. Let's get ready for the competitive season. Let's talk about, you know, let's talk about how, you know, we, we did an analysis of Nats and World. I talked about how fucking drunk I got at Worlds. And then it's like, <laughs> all right, well, let's get to the next season. What What's our expectation? You know, we're ready for, we're ready for this analytical yet incredibly fun season talking about crystal cups and petite cups and performances and deck techs and tech, you know, just, just everything about the card is ready to fucking roll. And then John, like again, that weekend, like literally like, what was it the next week? Like that you come home that Sunday, like by the end of that week, I'm working from home. Um, we're, we're, you know, things are starting to happen globally. And it's the like, opens it? get postponed and yep. it's the beginning of the, yeah. Uh, you know, we get a couple announcements in two months or so, and then eventually, it, you know, we start to, there's hope. Two weeks to slow the spread. Oh, just here and there. There's like, there's uh, states that just aren't locking down because mm-hmm. I guess what happens in New Jersey and New York and California could never happen there. And then all those mm-hmm. idiots are spiking in four months. And, and it's just oh. like, it it became uh, I mean it was time, cursed blood all over again. Huh? Time flew, yeah, it sure was. Time flew so <laughs> fast that um, this next part where we talk about maybe ten episodes total of the cast covers like eight yeah. eight plus months. Chris, almost you know, yeah. And, um, there's literally we were treading water. There was nothing going on. There we was attempted, nothing to talk about. We tried. We attempted to get the group, like everybody together for a CC level online event in April, mm-hmm. right when we had the real momentum of everybody trying to figure out how to do everything from home. And mm-hmm. we had so much momentum that we crashed all of Octagon's servers. Yeah, because and... I mean, keep in mind, John, like the weeklies have been going steady at this point. So it's yeah. like, this is a sure thing. We're good. We can we can handle the, you know, because on average, John, how many players were you getting for the locals like during the high times? What, like 25, 30? 
Yeah, we were in between 20s and 30s during like, yeah. you know, like all the time, actually. It's kind of weird to think that we were always that high. But yeah, and that was when people had locals to play in, like, yeah, in person. That was just an extra locals or for people who couldn't go to uh -huh. LGSs. Um, and yeah, I mean, that that's, I think the number is really crashing. It's just because everybody, everybody got depressed. Like, let's not, you know, literally everybody was depressed last year. Yeah. You couldn't see your friends. You couldn't go to events. You couldn't do what you wanted to do. You had mm -hmm. to find something to do with your time to keep yourself sane. And a mm -hmm. lot of people that couldn't just be, you know, clicking cards for a card game, you couldn't play in person for the foreseeable future on a digital program. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and for some people, it still isn't. And I think that, uh, again, like I, I mentioned this earlier on the cast, that a lot of people who are playing online is from from <laughs> sometimes just like a, a stubbornness to yeah. not play. Like, I refuse to not play Final <laughs> Fantasy trading card game, so I guess we're going to be having these online tournaments and stuff. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, when we tried the Crystal Cup, or we tried the uh, Community Cup, um, and we had that issue... And I think a lot of people were just like, yeah, you know what, we we can't do it. You know, it's not it's not the same as the Crystal Cup or something like that. And uh, it just kind of damaged that faith in it. And people didn't want to try it or do that. And they just wanted to move on. To, you know, just uh, let's just let me start doing something else. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was true for us too on the cast, man. Is uh, you know, people want to start doing something else. We can't play. There's no events. The news every cast is, I guess this is not happening for another couple of months. I mean, what's there to talk about? You know, just spoilers and sets. The Opus 12 yeah. got delayed for mm -hmm. like six months. Um, it was uh, it was a weird time, man. Even thinking about like the March Rich BFA meta as having been during Corona seems like it was before that, right? It just seems like, like time is so warped mm -hmm. in 2020. Um. But we we really got to. I mean, honestly, I think we could just fast forward our timeline here to the end of 2020 when we had to sit down and have a conversation. Like, you know, that we thought that this would change by now, and it hasn't. And how long mm -hmm. are we gonna like let um let not not like let our fans down, but kind of just let our what we've been working on, what like everything we've created, just let that suffer, just let that like sit there and fester, mm -hmm. and just like. It needs to breathe, Chris. It needs to it needs to be out in the light of day, this organic, growing, living thing that people get to enjoy and interact with. And, exactly, because uh, like everything we were doing was suffering. Like you and I had started doing a fun little thing on Sundays called Coffee and Bullshit. And it got to the point where that was even like what the fuck it, am I doing? Like you're just you know getting upset I mean? at playing Yeah, because we're playing on Octagon again. Like I said, that's that's not it for a lot of people. And and you're like the three or four games of Final Fantasy that you get to play a month or with shit dumb decks you don't want to play yeah. like and you just mm -hmm. lose for something that you would never have done it's just yeah it, it's uh I think everybody like I said everyone's like depressed you, we were like high strung anxious and that's mm -hmm. nothing against anybody dude like I I'm not the kind of person who normally like sits there and is like yeah dude I was depressed but you know come on like it, it, everyone was it was just a it was a sad rough times bad news bears man and we sat down and we said oh, you know like like i don't want this to just die but there's nothing to talk about so like do we you know it's time to make a decision kind of thing do mm -hmm. we do something about it or do we just let it go and it's like no we do something you know when those are the two options it feels obvious right 
Mm-hmm. It's like, well, we do something about it. It's like, all right, well, then let's talk about what can we do about it. Um, and there were, yeah, there were months, like literally months, like a month of October or maybe November, one of those months, we just didn't put a cast out. Like, and, yeah. um, and people ask, you know, they ask constantly, when's the next cast? When's the next cast coming out? When? And I would just be like, stop asking, you know, like, like getting frustrated kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like, but it's fair to ask. They, it's because they love it. It's because I loved it. I want to know when the next, you know, episode's going to be. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, we kind of, we, we agreed on a lot of that. So thankfully, Chris, you know, our friendship has never suffered through any of this stuff. You know, you know, we talk every day during Rona, you know, uh, we've got to play like Streets of Rage and stuff like that together on stream when it came out a year ago. Uh, you know, we found our way. It's just like I said that, you know, maybe the TCG, you know, it's a very in-person thing. It just mm-hmm. wasn't an option for us for a while. So um, we pivoted to, you know, having more guests on to talk about just other stuff, like like just distract ourselves, but still make the content for the people. You know, let's talk board games. Let's talk mm-hmm. uh, just generic Final Fantasy enjoyment. I mean, we started doing that kind of stuff. That was like November last mm-hmm. year. We started kind of having that discussion about doing something else. And now here we are in April, uh, May, actually, right? And I feel like we're we're just back to like, oh, man, let's record. Like, I'm excited to sit down and, and chat on a Sunday yeah. and to record about stuff. There is news. We are playing. There's events being held by the community, and there's events in the future that we can we can talk about and look forward to. And uh, mm-hmm. it feels like, you know, uh, we, as we wrap up this first, I mean, it's, it's way more than the first chapter. What, Chris, the first book in the Return yeah. trilogy? Who knows? Um, as we wrap up our our fellowship, I'm more of a ring, saga kind of guy. Yeah, has has the fellowship has now broken, right? And we're all off doing mm-hmm. their, the fellowship is off doing their own spinoffs. Um, but you know the, the the duo that is is we're very much here to go on to the next thing, and mm-hmm. um, I think that it feels like the beginning of the next thing is around the corner. Absolutely, and, and I. I... I can't no, absolutely it is. And um I'm glad that we made this uh and we, we even made you know, we made a nice little joke about it, you know, we're calling it the the the, the remake, right? Because you know the remake is kind of the, the we are in the era of the remake and Final Fantasy Seven remake was, you know, a big bright spot for the franchise during the um during the pandemic. So, so wait a minute, you know, we shake fun. ourselves into like just this a fresh breath of air. Exactly. And I agree with you, man. Like to kind of wrap up this whole. I mean, this. I mean, this is a. You know, this is going to be a long cast. I mean, this I mean, is it's probably get, what, three, it's four hours. Chop shops, but yeah, it'll be. It's Chris. It's a celebration of a year, man. How are you gonna? You know, yeah, it's long. It is, and Buckle you know, and to exactly like the ride's just getting started. So to avoid the cliche of here's to a hundred more. Um, you know, obviously we couldn't have done any of this here's without the, the support that two we've and gotten. three, Chris. How that's about right. That? Pulled the fucking invincible baby. more. Yeah. That's right. That's right. We're doing it. We are doing it. We're doing this invincible <laughs> style. But no, absolutely. Um, again, we couldn't have done this all without you. You know, we enjoy. We hope everybody. You know, even if you're if you're new to the game, you're new to the content. You know, go back and listen to the episode start with episode one you know there's plenty of there's i mean all these episodes you know weigh in except for the first ones on like 30 minutes these all weigh in about an hour plus um so you know there's plenty of content out there to gobble up and if you know we're we're talking about these great memories you know if you want to kind of relive some of those maybe see what the game was like before you got in go back and take a peek at those man because we were right in the thick of it we were right in the thick of the community like you know i've met some of the best human beings i ever have um 
like people that I'm so happy to call friend, people that, you know, that came to my wedding, you know, just terrific lifelong friends I have made with this game. And it all started with just, you know, me and Adam wanting to pick up a microphone and just start jawing off about the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and that's that's why I was listening, man. I just was listening to. I wanted to hear anybody just talk about this game, and and you guys were so entertaining. And, and yeah, Boston, when you and I got to meet each other, I mean, we obviously mm-hmm. we covered that on our our origins section. But yeah, yeah man, it's been um, a hell of a trip, and I can't imagine now not knowing you guys. You know, it, yeah, it's, exactly. Uh, it's weird. It's weird to think otherwise, and. Not even that, John. I, I I just don't even know what would have happened. Like that day, Adam was like, "Hey, man, there's a pre Final Fantasy pre release. You should at Battlegrounds. You should show up." And I was like, "Well, I was going to there. I was going to the store that day anyway." Then you know what the hell, right? Like yeah. that's just one of those like weird divergent points where I could have just been like, eh, I could have just been a total flake and been like, ah, I don't feel good. You know, I could have actually like spent my day at New York Comic Con with my friends. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. yeah, think about that. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like there's these these crazy divergent points that have led us to this moment, right? And, you know, life is full of those. So it's really cool to see how just, you know, happy accidents, you know what I mean? That's right. Well, sir, it's uh, it's the honor of a lifetime to serve alongside you uh-huh. and to continue to serve the people of That's this right. community. Uh, That's right. The, the blackjack the is out there. That's right. And the blackjack is out there. We're flying around. Who knows what the hell we're going to cover next, man? Episode 101, who knows what we're going to talk about next, but we're going to talk about something. That's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a but lot John, of fun, as it always is. Absolutely. And uh, you know, before we sign off this this massive, massive cast, um, you know, it's been it's been again like you just said, man. It's been just a pleasure being in the trenches and going to tournaments and just talking about something that we're super passionate about and love. And I mean, you're you're like a brother to me, man. I definitely appreciate oh, you hanging out with us. So. Of course. It's good to have, you know, a, a good close homie doing, uh, you know, the podcast with me again. And, you know, and of course, Adam, Adam's, you know, Adam's not one to stay down for a long time. And, you know, he'll be around, you know, he might not be going to events and playing games, but you know, he'll pop up and he'll judge an event. Maybe he'll hang hey, he's out on episode 100. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there you go. Hand so both hands and both feet. That's right. <laughs> Dude, I fucking two, six decks. Four hands, it just it's it's anybody's game. And this is a super special Omega direct shout out to Tyler Ray. Tyler, you nut, you crazy, wonderful human being. You single handedly supply the RVA community with some insane prizes on the prize wall, and I'm pretty sure you are responsible for half of the Square Enix merchandise department sales uh, to the East Coast. And so we appreciate you, and it can't be uh, can't be stated enough. Got to include you on episode 100, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, you are a mad, mad lad in the best kind of way, um, you know. And we appreciate the energy, just the energy that you bring to the Wednesday night event. Like, um, you know, I'm an old man, so Wednesday nights get a little too rowdy for me. That's why I'm really not ever there. I mean, shit, the last one I was there, John, I passed out because I was so tired and old. You're sleeping uh, in your crib there, Chris. I I, I was man, and uh, like I just see the energy that I mean, just just the the just bringing out all the gift subs. Just he he is like he is the one. He's 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 there on Wednesday nights holding court, and 
You know, he brings everybody up. He's like round. He's like shots for the bar. Like that is yeah, that is literally right, Tyler for sure. for sure. Uh, I mean, we have new players come in and they're like, "What's going on in here, guys?" It's a Final Fantasy trading card game. That's right. It's subbed. Like what the dude? I think when we started the um the hundredth tournament, he subbed so many people that it literally just started randomly subbing people on Twitch. Like I don't even know where it found these people. Oh man! People just started coming in. They're like, "Why do I have a sub to this channel?" We're like, "Welcome to the Final Fantasy trading card game." Sure, lucky day is what it is. That's Come right. on down. I mean, and, and as we record this, Chris, uh, you know, uh, OBS has this little mini feed that just tells me, like, the last activity mm-hmm. that happened on the channel. And it's just like, of course, in this activity, the last thing is, like, four days ago, Photon Ray has gifted a sub to, yeah, just, like, mm-hmm. uh, just uh, such a crazy positive force for the community. I know that he's been spreading the, the love to, like, Nick. And spreading the gospel, as man. Well, but, yeah, uh Gotta have his own little shout out here, Tyler. Thank you so he, he much. He deserves it. And I think it's only a matter of time before we get him on an episode of the cast. Oh, I think he's more than earned his uh, his founder brick. Oh, my. In the, Jesus Christ, in right? Cast, Absolutely. Right? Get a little uh, a digital brick in the in the next episode. Get our NFT brick, the RVA coin uh, that we could get there for Tyler. Yeah, it's uh, well-deserved. We'll have to reach out to him about that one. But thanks, Tyler. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as always, an enormous thank you to all of our patrons. Big shout out to Jason, the Jason, Jason Toro, love Jason Toro, Christian oh, Winterhalter, man. Dylan Straby, Greg Cole, Sergio Garcia, and Ryan Galloway. Love all you guys. Thank you so much. I mean, a lot of you guys supporting us throughout this entire crazy, wild pandemic. Um, making sure that we can bring you know tournaments with awesome prizes and casts with awesome content. To you guys so we appreciate every one of you thank you so much absolutely more than anything you guys mean the world to me and we can't thank you enough i mean you got like you you guys like we're, we're pbs and you're the viewers like you it's you it's you until so yes, episode time. actually that's what, that's what we're gonna cover episode 101 we're doing the hand and foot podcast so hand sorry guys we just pulled the old fucking swerve on you this is the end of the rva returners we're no we're done with final fantasy oh, training no. card game now <laughs> it's the hand and foot card game <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. 101, the hand and foot podcast. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Good night, everyone. Peace out. Thanks once again for listening to the RVA Returners podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, you can head on over to rvareturners.com.